Welcome, welcome, welcome to Big Week in Gaming Podcast, and what do you know, it's been a big week in gaming. I'm your host for this week, Swinney, for episode 104 this Sunday, the 13th of October, 2022. No, November 2022. What am I doing with this date? In this week's show, Doom composer Mick Gordon strikes back at id Software over the Doom Eternal soundtrack. Control 2 is officially announced by Remedy. Nintendo gives us a bunch of updates about some cool upcoming indie hits, and we predict the nominees for the Game Awards 2022 Game of the Year Awards. So, if you'd like to support the show, love to get you to subscribe on YouTube and all your favourite podcast app. And if you're a mega fan, come join us on the Discord. All the links are in the description below or at bigweekpod, bigweekpod.com. I find that very difficult to say. Uh, joining us today, we've got our executive producer, Intergot. Hello, hello. And, yeah, no mic, unfortunately, again this week. What's the, what's the uh, strike rate recently? It's You're not been great. It's not been great, but uh, you know, as we said last week, you know, he he he's had some commitments and unfortunately meant that he couldn't be on the show. But he, you know, he's expressed his his regrets and he, he has passed along <laughs> his game of the year uh, nominee predictions. Um, in we'll we'll get to him when we get to them, but uh, he's made some interesting predictions. I've got some. I've got some <laughs> editorial comments on those. By the way, but, uh, I love I love how you're talking about wanting to do like a course in radio <laughs> to like improve your hosting, and you totally uh, mangled and butchered. Uh, for, for anybody that <laughs> didn't hear the pre-show thing, I was saying when I was younger, it would have been cool to try that stuff out. Not that I want to go and attempt to do that stuff now, because I knew that. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I I just didn't update the the month of October. I must. Oh, God, it's, it's, you it's were, closer to Christmas. You Ron Burgundy yourself. <laughs> I know, I did, I did. Now I know how you feel. Felt all those, uh, all those weeks of months of years. Of what was the worst so. one you did to me? Kojima was it? No, I I misspelled uh, Hidetaki Miyazaki. Oh yeah, that's um, even worse. That's even I think worse. I could. Yeah, I basically, I and the the unfortunate part is like. It was the first line of the the clip when we created it, so and it, any, it subtly yeah. sounds racist, <laughs> and you like it's, butcher like a, know, like a name that's not like an Anglo, you know, European name. I know it was unfortunate, but <laughs> that uh, was bad. It's unfortunately Google Sheets, which we use for our run sheet, doesn't you know by default doesn't have any kind of you know like spell checker so it wouldn't have helped in yeah. that situation, but other situations it might, and it wouldn't help the date situation. Well, but because uh, Swinney and I are both very OCD and creatures of habit and stuff like that like I'm very process based and I think you are as well and I was like ah oh, you know what it actually makes more sense to not do Google Sheets now it would actually just make more sense to do Google Docs because we're mm. not driving as much automation but it's like there's part of me that feels like but we've got like so many we're like like a psychos I've got all of these shows listed permanently mm. So go, moving over to Google Docs would feel so weird at this point. Yeah, look, I, I like the flexibility of being able to quickly, easily move cells around without having to worry about formatting, but I know That's what true. you're saying, I know what you're saying, so... Mm. But mm. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, a couple of announcements, Winnie. So first, first, we're going to be moving to YouTube permanently, solidly, exclusively. We're signing an exclusive contract with uh, Google. They're going to pay us big, big sums to stream yes. over there. But yeah, no, because we currently stream to Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. I'm not sure if you know all of that. <laughs> no, no, I know. Not that I've ever yeah. seen it firsthand, but yeah. And weirdly enough as well, people actually 
watch it on Twitter and stuff like that. Like, I'll go on and go, oh, this is at, like, 20 views on Twitter. I'm like, who's watching streams on Twitter? It's so strange. People could be doing it right now, <laughs> right? in. DM us. <laughs> um, yeah, but we're going to simplify things. So we're going to move it all to YouTube. So uh, I think it'll be, like, not probably in the next show, but maybe the show after will be exclusively on YouTube. Um, so you're scri- subscribing or following us on Twitch. Uh, jump across to YouTube to check us out. And the second announcement, it's a bit of sad news, Swinny, but I'll, uh, I'll be ending my unbeaten streak of, like, uh, shows, so I'll be moving into more of a casual appearance on the shows. I'll definitely jump on when we're doing, you know, like, uh, reactions to directs and stuff like that, and maybe just every now and then, like, once a month or whatever it is, but, uh, no, the, the daily grind has got me, so... <laughs> We don't I, look, I look forward to the, the moment where I have done more episodes than you than I can now hold that over your head. And th- yeah, I think there's like two and episodes. And at that point, you'll be like, nah, <laughs> you'll be walking away with your finger up. <laughs> and then, well, you only missed out on two, one episode, right? Yeah, so it'll be the first one that you're not on. <laughs> then we'll, no, no, we'll, the draw we'll draw equal. <laughs> we'll draw equal. Yeah, that's right. I, I might need to just start uh, streaming randomly on the channel <laughs> just to beat you. So, yeah. Yeah, it's been yeah. a long run though. It's been like it's like oh, two because I'll, I'll finish up at the end of the year, so it'd be like two and a half years or so, something like that, on and off. Well, we I think we it was started like August, was Ju- July or early August of twenty. Was it twenty twenty? Yeah, twenty twenty. That's insane. Did we? Um, but yeah, we started yeah during the pandemic, which is kind of feels like we started before the whole pandemic has really stretched out time in a really odd way. Well, it's crazy to think the pandemic is longer than that because that that feels newer to me than than the show starting for some reason. Mm. Even though I know yeah, we started yeah. the show during it um, because we're all like stuck at home and you know, yeah, not doing much. But uh, having said that, I do feel like the pandemic is finished. I know that's not like in everyone else's minds, but it's just going to trail out from this point unless there's some oh, crazy de- thing that happens. Hopefully not. Fingers def- crossed. Knock on wood. Definitely at this point, you just have to walk yeah. outside. Um, and that's probably the case. In I think we are last the, of the pandemic. The, the vast <laughs> ma- that's likely the case in the vast majority of countries at this point. You know, um, I know there are n- not every country still, but, um, so, but the elephant in the room for me is like, what, what are you going to do if Mike, uh, <laughs> Mike we'll, continues to streak? Are we going to have to change the name of the show to big Fortnite in gaming or we will, uh, we will, take stock we will have a conversation and we will uh we will figure that one out maybe joe maybe joe can uh, be enlisted well uh we'll see we'll see joe joe's waiting in the wings maybe so there you go there you go interesting we might have to have a four-person layout lay like layout like well, if, if i if jump can, on if you can get mike to make a four-person layout <laughs> Nah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start chatting about some games. So yes. What have you been up to this week, Intergot? Uh I've got my normal daily, weekly grind, which is Splatoon. But uh, I was, you know, very important announcement. I've also got this new, really cool Splatoon amiibo came through. The amiibo that you is that that's the new one, yeah? Yeah, yeah. This one yeah, just yeah. came out. I, I just had to double check that because I just remember back to our live reaction that you're like, oh no, they wouldn't have new amiibo. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's... like amiibo is like outlasted way longer than anyone thought it would, right? Like, there's at least another amiibo coming out that we don't know of yet, as we covered in the other show, and then also there's at least four Smash amiibo, hopefully five with Sora, but that hasn't been confirmed. 
So yeah, Mebo still got some legs. It's gonna be another couple of years. But this character is actually I, I when I got the amiibo, I was like, oh shit, have they got the fifty-two gal, which is the gun that I always use, and it's actually the seventy-two gal. So I was like, ah, oh, so close, so close. Quick question about amiibo production. Yeah, is there a reason why it takes so long, or more? I guess more specifically, why is there such a big gap between like the Smash ones, for instance? It just seems like an arbitrary amount of time between the Smash DLC Amiibo 13 and 14 or something. It's like, couldn't you just get all that stuff up and they release at the same time or not soon after? It just feels like it takes a long time for yeah. what are essentially plastic toys with chip inside. <laughs> but, you know, like, manufacturing... Yeah, look, it doesn't explain why some of these things feel like they take two years. Mm. But it would take at least six months just from a like maybe nine months from a standard manufacturing process because it's injection molded like all this other kind of stuff and shipping with china is really crazy like it can take two to three months for stuff to ship from china so it just feels like you mentioned the other day you know that secret amiibo document that you found and you're like oh it could be sephiroth and i'm like man sephiroth came out ages ago yeah yeah, yeah. long ass time i think that one yeah it's maybe harder to explain and i do wonder if it's they're not doing all the work that they need to do because they don't want it to leak the characters. Because mm. you know Nintendo's very secretive about that shit. So, but yeah, going to Splatoon 3, that's what we've been playing. The Splatfest is on this weekend. So cool. I've got my ruler tag, which is maxed out. You know, because you have levels that you can max during the Splatfest. Is that still the Pokemon Splatfest? Yes, yes. yes. Okay. And Water is the team, team Squirtle, of course. I'm, go- I'm Squirtle Gang. Um, they were winning at halftime, which was cool. I was so glad that that happened because what 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 happens at the halfway point of the Splatfest, they say this is the team that's leading. Then with the tricolor Splatfest, so the tricolor mode where it's three teams, like it's actually one team versus two teams, right? And it's I'm not explaining this very well, am I? <laughs> we've we've spoken about this mode before, but so what it is is it's four players from Team Water against two players from Team Fire and two te- two players from Team uh, Grass, right? So they're the mm. three options. But because Water is winning, it's the four versus those, you know, two, two. Um, which I never played as the attack, like the defender, right? So it was quite fun playing that mode. And this time around, it seemed like I was getting into those modes more, which was also really cool. Because last time I'd literally only got to play once, like in the Splatfest, the last Splatfest that we had. Because there's some issues with the mode, obviously. Um, but I really like that mode. I don't know why they don't like allow you to play it more often in different circumstances. So, yeah, I'm really love. Like, I, I gotta say, it won't be my game of the year, but I've had the most fun with Splatoon. Hmm. It, it's that like makes sense. it's it's kind of my game of the year, but it's not the game of the year. If that means it's not the game of the year, it's my game of the year. Does that make any sense? I don't know. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I love it. It's like. It is very much still kind of Splatoon 1.75, but that's not a bad thing because Splatoon's a fucking cool game. <laughs> so, and they've fixed a lot of problems uh, outside of that. Picross, play, keep playing that, and uh, yeah, go on. Picross. So I was thinking about this actually, mm. knowing that you're probably going to talk about Picross this week again. <laughs> um, at what age? Now, obviously, differs on by you know like depending on the kid, but at what age would a kid actually, like, get into something like Picross? Because there's obviously logic puzzles, right? 
So there needs to be an understanding of, you know, good understanding of numbers, subtraction, and you know, everything mm. like that. And I'm thinking, you know, because I remember playing Picross when I was in my teens, and I'm thinking, like, if I had played it when I was, like, 10 years old, would I have actually been all right at Picross? You know, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. what, and what's the early stage you reckon that Picross would actually be fine for a kid, you know? I reckon Picross is one of those games that it would be so varied. There'd be some mm. really cluey five- to six-year-olds who would figure it out. But honestly, it could go all the way up to like nine or ten before they could mm. get it, because there's a lot of deductive reasoning in Picross. Like it's kind of mm. like if I put something here, then this couldn't go there, and then this and that, and th- like well, you have to flow it through, pa- and you go, well, actually, it can't be that. So then, therefore, I need to go put it here. And it's pa- pattern recognition in terms yeah. of okay, I remember that style of pattern from when I've done it like ten other times. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you kind of it's easy to then say, okay, well, I know those aren't the the pieces or whatever so yeah yeah no it was just it was just like unlike something like a you know like a platformer or you know or tetris it's like, yeah skill-based game fit it in yeah, yeah because yeah. it's like almost like muscle memory at some point but you know like picross is not really muscle memory it's just it's like logic you know so yeah it's a yeah pick it's kind of funny i never think of picross as being a hard game but it's more like chess versus something like sudoku which is more like checkers i guess mm-hmm. sudoku is very straightforward because you just look at everything. Everything has to be one to nine. Every single thing, right? Yeah. So you can kind of keep flowing. <coughs> There's actually some... Weirdly, I've delved into the world of um, Sudoku YouTube channels. Yeah. And, like, how they do, like, the impossible Sudokus, the ones that are, like, um, you know, basically, they're, they're... At that point, they're no longer the same game, you know? They they have to meet certain patterns within and everything like that, mm. so... It's just, it's weird to actually sit there and watch someone complete a puzzle, like, for, like, an hour, you know, while you're just, like, having coffee or something. <laughs> you know, I, like, I was thinking about Picross so much, I was like, man, I I feel like I'm going to make this, like, a 3D Picross game, because it's, like, it's so annoying to me that there aren't any other, this is, like, two 3D Picross games, basically. Like, that's insane to me. Hmm. It's just a series I feel like just doesn't get the level of love that it really should. Like from puzzle games, like it's probably it is my favorite puzzle game. So mm. it just yeah, it just doesn't. I don't feel like it gets that love, and all the variations are really cool. Color Picross, Mega Picross, like they're all yeah. It's mm. anyway, but I'm keep on playing. I'm on big Picross weekend, Big weekend Picross. <laughs> Picross the, Amiibo. I bring all the, the big topics. <laughs> Cover analog later in the show. Um, the other one obviously is God of War Ragnarok, which weirdly came out on a Wednesday in Australia. And it kind of really threw me off. Games normally come out on Friday in Australia. And then maybe a Thursday, but very rarely outside of those. Mm. Like, I'd say, like, nine times out of ten. Eight times out of ten, it's like a a Friday. Then maybe one time out of ten, Thursday. And then one time out of ten, some other day. You know, it could Mm. be, like, Monday even. So, I I don't know why. I feel like they, um, they wanted to maybe make it the 11th. And they didn't want to be dickheads about it with Starfield. Seriously, I, I, that, that's my hypothesis. Because there's no reason why they would release it on an unusual day. Outside of that, that would be my logic. That they wanted to have as much time as they could to release it. But way before Christmas, line it up mm. with the Game Awards. But then they didn't want to look like assholes by putting it out on the 11th. And it's a smash hit. And everyone's like, oh, you know, Starfield was meant to come out on this day. And then look, God of War. You know what I mean? I, I don't think they want yeah, that yeah. vibe. So... That's my theory of why they had it on that day. Anyway, it's a cool game. 
It's like, look, mm. I, I am not like the biggest lover of God of War 2018. Like, I'm like, this is a really good game. I would never say that's a 10 out of 10 game. Like, not even fucking close, in my mind. Now, I know that's sacrilegious to a lot of people, right? And I think this game... Already, I think it's probably better. Like, and I'm only like three to four hours in than God of War 2018. But it does use, like... Like, the, the, the foundation. It's more than that, like you know I haven't had anyone say like oh this is like God of War 1.5 but it kind of is like with a new story and like you know obviously evolved story and continuing story but um yeah it's a it's a funny one like I'm enjoying it I'm definitely enjoying it but it's just yeah it's not my it's not like it's not like Elden Ring for me when that came out started playing I'm like holy shit this is like enthralling mm. you know like I was playing Ragnarok and then the Splatfest started. I'm like, okay, I'm playing the Splatfest. See ya, <laughs> Ragnarok. And I hadn't even thought about it. I was like, oh yeah, shit, I haven't played that. <laughs> I need to go back to playing Ragnarok. Totally forgot. Like, I was even playing Splatoon a little bit today and I'm like, there was nothing to do. Like, I didn't need to complete anything for the Splatfest, but I was still like, ah, oh, still, you know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good game and I can totally understand why it's reviewed well, but... Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I kind of struggle to understand why the first game... Like, what was it? Like a 93, 94 on Metacritic, I think, the first game? I mean, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but... That just seems so high. Incredibly high, yeah. Yeah. It, I, I, like, I beat that game, and I'm like, okay, like, it's an awesome game, but how the hell is this game, like, a 94 or something like that? But then again, I'm a, like, a, a... What's it called? A, um... A, uh... Nintendo fanboy, right? So people could flip around and go, oh, why do you think that, you know, Breath of the Wild is a whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 94, it was 94. And you said that you got an unfortunate glitch or like a a bug in it, didn't it? So like, and at least I would say, although I hadn't, I'm not playing the version that came on the disc, right? There was a day one patch, Hmm. but... I think, like, Sony first-party games are normally pretty solid. Like, I, I can't attack them for that, right? But I was playing it, and I got up to this bit pretty early in the game, and there was a few other little minor janky things that happened, and I was like, mm, kind of put me out of it a little bit for a second. And the fucking menus suck as well, by the way, but we'll get back to that. But, um, yeah, I get it, open this door, and then Atreus, the basically n- Navi right it just fucking tells you everything oh you dopey bastard you can't solve this puzzle what's up here dad look up there dad like Mm. how can I shut this motherfucker up I want to solve this puzzle myself anyway he just slides along the floor not moving his legs or anything (laughs) like slides into this position I'm like whoa I took a video of it to send to you guys and then I'm walking around the room I'm like what the fuck and this little maniac is playing the loot I'm like okay and I'm standing in front of this loot guy I'm like do I have to fucking listen to this whole song? Like, I was there for five minutes. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here, right? I go inside the house, outside the house. I go around everywhere. I'm like, oh, I've, I'm confused. I'm like, fucked up something, right? Hmm. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck's going on in this game, right? <laughs> I Google it, and it's like, no, there's a bug for people. It like, it just soft locks you. Well, not soft locks is wrong. It's too extreme of a term, but I had to restart from a prior checkpoint to continue the game <laughs> I'm like that's not good it, it reminds me of um, 
often if I get a like a frozen loading screen or something and it's like alright let's play the waiting game how yeah, long do yeah, I wait yeah, to yeah, see yeah, if it yeah, resolves yeah. and uh, like, half the time it does resolve itself yeah, yeah, but yeah, sometimes yeah. you like after 10 minutes you're like I've just got to cut my losses and restart yeah. this game and lose whatever progress if I did but um I grew up yeah. with like really buggy windows machines and all that stuff and I would just like quit oh that I turn the computer on and off straight away I don't give a shit in my old age I've just learned to go okay I'm just gonna let it sit <laughs> and I'll walk away go <laughs> yeah. make a cup of tea or something come back I'm like oh okay it's all good again no I get you yeah well look obviously though that stuff will get fixed very oh for sure game, for sure so. and it look it's you know, I'm sure you'll enjoy it when you play it in like five years' time. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's really decent. Yeah, I don't want to talk about my predictions quite yet, but I've got very strong views on what I think will happen with this game versus other games in the game game awards. But cool. we'll cover that in due time, Sweeney. But what have you been playing? So I just like last week. So last week I was talking a lot about my, uh, you know, my resolution to play some PlayStation exclusive games, uh, specifically thirteen console exclusives uh, within this year, uh, and the fact that I completed two more last week. So it was Jack and Daxter, no three actually. Jack, which and you Daxter. really liked. I was thinking about actually playing those games. Yeah, Ape Escape and uh, Detroit Become Human last mm. week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to continue on because I'm like, well, look, it's early November, but you know, I, I kind of just want to just close this resolution off and get in a nice comfortable position Mm -hmm. so i decided to play two more games uh i only completed one so i haven't completed my resolution this week but the first game the game i completed this week is the last of us (laughs) you are a straight up dickhead you are you are okay this is why you are an asshole this is why you are an asshole This is why I'm waiting for the explanation. <laughs> because I literally said last week, I'm like, "Hey, the show's coming out. Hmm. Why don't we play that game?" And you know, like, you know, there's this crazy concept of gaming where like it's a little bit communal. People chat about with their mates. They even play with each other cooperatively. I don't know if you've heard of it before, but um, hmm. and you're like, "No, I'm not gonna do that." <laughs> I was just like, "What the fuck? Like, don't you have to already play a bunch of PlayStation games?" So yeah, this look- is why you're the asshole. It was always in my possibly list, but I didn't think I would probably play it as part of those 13 games. I knew I'd eventually try it out. I bought the game specifically to play it, you know, so... But I just, I'm like, oh, bugger it. I'll just play the game and shut into God up, so... But it's <laughs> not shutting me up, though. <laughs> no, but then I'm like, okay, well, it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll stop him bugging me about playing, like, one of the best games of all time by playing <laughs> one of the best games of all time. Um, and is it but, one of the best games of all time? So this, Don't spoil it, by the way. I haven't played it yet. I'm not going to spoil okay. the game. Don't worry. Um, I didn't think I would actually talk too much to it until, you know, maybe you'd play it. Well, now I've got to play it. I might drop Ragnarok um, then. But yeah, go on. That game, look, it is an absolutely phenomenal game. Oh. Um, you mm. know, you, and keeping in mind... So I played the remastered version. I didn't play the part one remake or yeah. whatever. Um, and just... The games, unfortunately, start on a back foot with me because the setting and the style of game is not my thing. Like, I'm not yeah, into, like, yeah. zombie apocalypse no, kind that's, of stuff. That's, I thought you yeah. might not like it. That's why I'm impressed um, that you actually liked it. And the initial gameplay was... It was, like, obviously, it's a fantastic made game, but it's Polish, kind yeah. of... 
it's pretty kind of like linear and doesn't yes. it's not very free form in the opening like yes. act of the game or whatever okay but, but once the gameplay starts opening up and allows you a lot more free form gameplay and and systems and stuff mm. that's when it started really really hooking me and you know naturally over time the story really and the characters start to hook you but i actually really really liked it um i can understand why it had the reputation it does and why it was so you know um lauded as one of the best wow. games of all time um if, if you yeah. had to do a, squ- a quick swinny re- magazine review what would you give it out of 10 no no uh, half points allowed half points allowed i don't know I, look i i generally score lower than most people so i'd probably say a 9 out of 10 personally um but i can see why people would score it like a 9.5 or a 10 but i think if you're getting a 9 especially in swinny scale you're gonna bump that up by half a point at least yeah de- that's that's definitely. a solid fucking game Oh, Would you say that people have to play it if they're a gamer? Like, if they're like, I love gaming, it's a must-play game? That's a different way to look oh, at it. Oh, yeah, I think it's a must-play game for sure, definitely. Oh, wow. um, okay, And, yeah, like, I mentioned it kind of, you know, when we were chatting um, offline this week that I can see why playing that game on harder difficulties would also be a much different experience and kind of a cooler mm. experience because it's all about the survivability and limited resources and everything. Yeah. But, yeah, I really, really liked it. Um, so that was so that means I had one game left out of the third. By the way, this is also why you're the asshole because I was mentioning The Last of Us the other day in another chat that we we're having. I know, and you I, didn't I wanted, mention anything. I want to talk about it on the show. But I wanted to kind of <laughs> uh, just okay. be 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 a prick and, and yes, to say asshole, I completed it. Yes. Yes. But uh, but the other game was a game that actually was my you're a last whole, hole. <laughs> my last hole was my whole inspiration for this resolution which was uh, god okay. of war 3 god yes. of war 3 was always yes. the game that and it just so happened to fall on the week that bloody ragnarok came out <laughs> so you know i'm <laughs> sitting i'm sitting there playing one of the older games um because i'd always wanted to like i'm a massive fan of god of war 1 and 2 the originals yeah. on playstation 2 never got a chance to play through god of war 3 so i put i'm not that far into it maybe about a quarter of the way through but i love that old school god of war style and i definitely you know i wanted to compare that trilogy before ever moving on to the you know the 2018 God the of Norse War. Tri- um, the Norse duology <laughs> yeah so um, so not complete yet but look God of War 3 is a fantastic game it's the spectacle in that game is just oh, so over the top it's almost like you're talking about Bayonetta the other week yeah God, God of War 3 is kind of crazy like that as well just with the gigantic like set pieces mm. and stuff but uh, yeah so I, I think you would really love God of War like the new what do you call it when there's a two games in a series? I'm not sure what it's called. It's like a soft reboot almost. You know? Yeah, it's no. Because not... they were going to make a trilogy. I wish they did because then you could say the Norse trilogy. But hmm. whatever the two games, whatever the term for it is, God of War and God of War Ragnarok, I think you'll really love them actually. Because hmm. you'll love the setting and then like the gameplay and everything like that. Yeah, I was also planning to jump back into Steel Rising this week because they released the DLC, um, but I didn't get a chance, unfortunately. So I'll check that out for next week. So you, you've I, only got to finish God of War 3 and then that's your resolution done. 13 games, right? Yes, yeah, okay. that'll be yeah, the resolution yeah, okay. wrapped up. Um, nice, and it's nice. been really fun, like playing through a lot of these classic PlayStation, um, you know, legendary games. Some of them, you know, some of them not so legendary, but it's been interesting to, like, I kind of worked out that not exactly, but it's been a, a good expanse of games across the whole PlayStation 1 to PlayStation 5 era because mm. I've, if you count, mm. for instance, like God of War 3 as a PS3 kind of I would. representation, yeah, no, I would. Definitely. Definitely. then I've played PS1, PS2, it. PS3, PS4, and PS5. Yeah. And there was part of me, it's like, oh, can I work in something like 
Gravity Rush. And I did play a bit of Gravity Rush that was like, you know, Vita game and like mm. trying to like hit hit all um, aspects. But this, You can finally defend your Xbox fanboy-ism now because people probably could say, have you even played Last of Us? And you're like, no. Like, oh, you're such a fanboy. Now, now you can defend yourself better. <laughs> now, now, I'm gonna have, now I'm going to have people being like, you haven't watched Walking Dead? It's like, oh, God, I guess I've got to watch the bloody Walking Dead. That's still Dead. going on. I, I was actually shocked because you know Rick Beato, the YouTuber? Yeah. He was on Talking Dead recently, right? Oh, okay, yeah. And, like, th- so I was thinking, wait, I thought that show finished. And I checked it, I'm like, it's still on! I was like, what? <laughs> it's a, 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 like, I think it is finishing up this month, Walking Dead. But that's... Oh, the, the what, entire thing. Yeah, after 11 but they, seasons. But they had, like, a spin-off show as well, didn't they? No, they're going to have movies. They're going to have TV movies with uh, Rick Grimes. I just still can't believe that... Um, Negan was put into Tekken as a guest character. It's still the craziest <laughs> thing to me. It's still like, and you I watch know where the, you're going with that, but that's funny. you still yeah, watch yeah, the yeah. the trailer with like you know him with Lucille and all this stuff. And I, these are stuff I've obviously absorbed through internet culture. I've never watched the shows. So yeah, like that. But, um, but I would say it is almost worthwhile watching, like the acting. I can't remember the guy's name. Do you remember the guy's name? I can't remember it. The acting uh, I, I, of that dude off the top of my head, I can't Negan is freaking yeah, yeah. amazing. Like, the characterization and stuff like that, it's so good. It's fucking mm. crazy. Uh, well, the last game I played, um, and I actually just played it today, but I did put, I did get through, like, the first act of it, so not that far, but uh, I played some Return to Monkey Island, a game that I've been wanting to try it for ages. Uh, you know, it was just added to, to Game Pass this week, so... I was kind of waiting to see when they were going to, you know, announce it for other consoles other than the Switch because it launched as a Switch launch exclusive. So yeah, I so far I'm really enjoying it. It is such a love letter to the first two games. It does make references beyond that, and there's like a little cool scrapbook that you can go in and Guybrush kind of talks through the events of some of the games, including like the um, the you know the episodic titles and things like that. But when you get into the game itself, like the areas you like, it's basically recreating some areas from like the first couple of games. But it's definitely all it's 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 really about those first two games, and it's really awesome. Um, took a while to get used to the interface. It's not a bad interface, um, but it's very different to the other games. Um, but it's got some really cool quality of life stuff. So you know the problem with the some of those point and click games is that you know people get stuck and get frustrated and just have to look stuff up online. So they've got an inbuilt hint mechanic that's optional that you can go to and that will almost just direct you to where you you need to go for a specific kind of objective. And it actually links, it lists like your little mini objectives you need to do in a scrapbook. And, you know, like I didn't play all the episodic titles, but I don't think Monkey Island's ever done that kind of thing. So it's got a lot of quality of life there. And also you can look at past, um, it's like a dialogue log that you can press to view like the last few conversations you've had if you need to like just look at something because it went through because a lot of the conversations that have in the Monkey Island games they don't repeat themselves so I'm really enjoying it the art style is actually really cool I think it's obviously that was a big controversial thing about the game and you know, mm. drew a lot of the online abuse and hate which is oh, horrible fun. but what I like the most about the art style is it often zooms in in a very Ren and Stimpy way it will zoom into someone holding like a, a kebab, a disgusting looking oh, kebab yeah, or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's so Ren and Stimpy, but it works so well for the art oh, style. Okay. Um, but yeah, God, that's part such of a me, good show, by the way, Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, 
but look, part of me still loves probably Monkey Island Three, Curse of Monkey Island, that that almost like animated cell, two D cell style. Um, but I really like the art style. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what um, what Mike thinks. I know he's been mm. playing it, and uh, you know he thinks it's game possibly of the a game of the contender. <laughs> so, but yeah, so that's uh, what I've been playing this week. Can I take the market against Mike's uh, predictions? <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there. there. We'll get there. We're hyping up the section. We're bringing back cool. special segments. All right. Sounds very good. All right. Let's move on to the news. Yes, Winnie. Yeah. And I think Intergo- you're going to take this one away. We're talking yes. about Doom Eternal OST. We are. So the, the controversy surrounding Doom Eternal's much maligned official original soundtrack reignited this week with composer and Australian... Mick Gordon officially responding to Marty Stratton's open letter on Reddit on the matter two years ago. So one thing I just wanted to quickly frame up is just the actual facts. The facts, the facts, the facts. These are not disputed. So number one, Doom Eternal was announced at E3 2018. Uh, The first gameplay footage was unveiled at QuakeCon 2018. At E3 2019, it was announced that there would be a collector's edition where they were taking pre-orders straight away. And that would include a Mick Gordon OST on launch. Uh, fourth, the original scheduled date for Doom Eternal was November 22, 2019. That got pushed back to March 20th, 2020. And the OST didn't come out at launch. It actually came out on April 19, 2020. So almost a month later. Uh, the other things are that the Switch release got multiple delays and released about a year later. And objectively, you can look at the waveforms of the dumped OST and see that there's very limited dynamic range, which is not necessarily consistent with anything that Mick Gordon has published as an OST before. I think these are all like facts, like you can't dispute any of these. And then I think pretty much everything else, there are receipts, there is speculation, there's stipulations, there's opinion, there's some truth there's some half truth i'm guessing but it's a it's a pretty pretty ugly situation swinny but so maybe like drilling into some of the the actual um the actual sort of open letter that marty stratton posted and we're not going to go through all of this because this will take like hours like and this was the original one from like two years ago to be clear this but we want to cover it to provide context yeah it's very important and so there was like right at this moment because I remember it so clearly. I was super excited about Doom Eternal, huge fan of Doom 2016, and like Mick Gordon's work. Like to actually, you know, because the Doom music was super iconic, and like it would it would have been a massive challenge to go. Okay, I'm gonna make music for Doom, like a reboot of Doom. Like honestly, I would just wither under that pressure. But I think what Mick Gordon pulled together, I think almost universally was loved. Right. Like, the strong consensus is awesome music, right? And for all accounts, the Doom Eternal music that's in-game, everyone loves it, right? But the OST, lots of drama around it. And, you know, I'm not even pointing at who I think is to blame or not to blame or how much or whatever, right? But there was a lot of heat, and there was a couple of comments on social media from Mick Gordon. Like, there was one post from a user where they were basically saying hey, you know, what's up with these, what's the music? It's a bit like all over the place. And then Mick Gordon sort of shot back on Twitter along the lines of, hey, you'll be able to tell which tracks I mixed. Like there was about Mm. a dozen tracks that I mixed. You'll be able to tell which ones I did. Tracks like X and Y. So 
like to be fair, I think that's a little bit of a hey, not my problem. I did like my stuff was all right, and the disasters over at ID, which may be fair, but that's like I do think that's positioned fairly clearly from mixed comments. And then I think you know you go through all this letter that Marty Stratton posted. Like a hundred percent, the takeaway is like it's mixed fault. Like he was mm. very much defending Chad. Um, who was their um, like lead audio engineer? Like the dude basically made sure that bringing the music into the game at the right time, the music, uh, you know, sound effects, etc. Like they both have different positions on like you know how the soundtrack came to be, and like mm. Mick goes through like the nth level of detail on that. But I think you can the the strong takeaway for me, and I, I think everyone would agree like oh the majority would agree that he is pretty much blaming Mick like if you go through this right the open yeah. letter from Marty Stratton and at that point the whole Doom subreddit just like basically uh, went against Mick from this point on and Mick didn't yeah. say anything so everyone took it as like well this has got to be true yeah and that post was is locked so if you go through on that original Reddit post from Marty Stratton two years ago you'll see that the that community narrative is very much what you're saying it's yeah it, like there's some people that are kind of trying to pick it apart and go wait a second but the fact that it, it's locked so you can't see you don't see people coming to it with the recent you know stuff we'll cover with with mick gordon's response and going back to old posts and oh you were wrong about this it's all like a lot of those people are just like you know oh like it didn't deliver didn't deliver and all this yeah. stuff it's it's kind of it's almost like a um, a time capsule of what the community felt at the time if you read the comments and that, that yeah. post. So. Yeah, and I have noticed that people have either like deleted their whole accounts because that does delete tweets. Uh, sorry, mm. delete posts on Reddit. But yeah, you go through these. I don't want to go through too many of these actually because it's not like something I've vetoed. Uh, vetted yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, totally. I remember it at the time because I, I love Mick's work, Killer Instinct, like a whole bunch of other stuff that he's done. And it... It just felt like we only had one side of the story, right? Mm. That that was my overwhelming feeling because he really didn't talk about it. He was on like lots of interviews, like long form podcasts, Mick, and I would always listen to them to just see whatever snippets he would mention. And he was really tight lipped about the whole thing, but it definitely disparaged his character. If these things are true that Marty Stratton's putting putting forward, and lots of stuff like you know they agreed in January that they'll get it get it done by April and everything like that. Then, as we said the other day, and I remember when this was published. I like messaged you guys. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, look mm. at this thing. So I was like, "Fuck it, I gotta read this whole thing." And it's like about an hour to read it, right? Mm. And like, literally, this this statement from Mick is like responding to Doom Eternal, and he does frame it as like, "I'm not trying to attack anyone here. I'm just defending myself. I'm defending my character, my personality, my professional reputation." And this shit is like pretty explosive. Right, mm. and I'll just say one of the outcomes is, like as I was saying about the whole kind of community and you know id and the sort of you know Doom Eternal and Doom subreddit, they've like completely turned on as off the back of this now, Marty like completely turned on him, mm. <laughs> right? So they're gonna have to address this in some ways, but like how they're gonna do that? And and Mick's big response, which is like fourteen thousand words, covers almost his entire experience with the composing the game alongside the actual soundtrack part of it because they're two very different kind of like bodies of work that he's talking about yeah the actual audio for the game and then the actual official soundtrack but yeah i actually ended up did end up reading it um 
just earlier because I'd, I'd read like he kind of has like a, a good summary of the actual refuting the original statements from the reddit post at the end but then if you go back and read the full thing he gets it's much more like personal tone um yeah and it like as i said like talking about the actual game itself and composing that isn't that's not talked about really at all in, in that original reddit thing so it's kind of doesn't come up in that summary but it's yeah it's it's wild it's wild to read through so yeah to yeah i agree and I, I would actually like if you have any interest in this i'd highly recommend people read it like actually mm. read what he's saying in full it, like as you said he's like got a super exact summary at the start and then because this is very legal brief this is what you do in a legal brief this is how you do it like what's the statement of claim at the start then the full detail and then at the end you summarize the, the claim it's like mm. it's like this is literally I, you know, I was chatting to my wife, who's a lawyer. It's like about the structure of it as well. It's like it's literally written like a defamation case, right? Yeah, because it repeats things, but it repeats things in a way that a legal case would about yeah. summarize. Yeah, you know? so. but I think his thing at the end is actually like the easiest summary to go through. So, yeah. and like we try to be clear around like this is his statement on it, but he does provide screenshots. He does provide a lot of evidence. Always on his side, obviously. I don't think he's ever posted something like, oh, fuck this up, or I delayed, or, <laughs> right? But mm. so going through, number one, he's saying like the OST is poorly managed. I mean, that's his view of it, right? His, his statement is that he did not know the OST was going to come out, number one, it was going to happen. And, you know, he basically found out from it a bit like the OST was coming after the announcement at E3 2019. Mm. With now, his name attached to it. Yeah, exactly. Now, straight off the bat, this is going to be so easy to disprove if he's lying about this. Mick mm. Gordon, right? So, pretty insane claim if he doesn't have receipts to back it up, right? Because they will be able to find an email and go, yeah, you spoke about the OST, like before E3 2019, right? So, that's one statement that he's made. The other one is that the OST was delayed before he was even under contract for it. Mm. So like with the game when it came out versus when he actually got the document like at least from his like claim and his screenshots on DocuSign of when it actually uh, got signed off you know they delayed it and then he'd signed it afterwards so he was sort of he only really had an agreement like according to him that was like after the actual game was about to get released and you know well well too late for when mm. like something like this should should have been arranged right yeah because he really stresses and he brings it up multiple times about the concept of working doing work without a contract yeah and a, he's basically apparently he was owed he states he was owed for past work on yeah. an unrelated game and the agreement because he went directly to Bethesda bypassing Marty Stratton about it um, the the contract for this OST would kind of bundle in what he was owed in the past. So I can see why that would delay contracts because that's a that's a pretty weird legal situation. Mm. But yeah, I think he's saying yeah he didn't get it until March 18th, which is insane. If that's the if that's true, that is insane. Again, it's like another thing that they will actually be able to if it's not true, be able to prove it's a lie of what he's saying. Mm. But if it is true. The fact that he signed the contract on March 18th and the game came out two days later, right? And it was meant to launch with the OST, the collector's edition, is fucking insane if it's true, right? Like, Bethesda would not have a leg to stand on if they can't somehow refute that statement, right? 
the other one is like uh, the o the OST contract proves Marty's claims are false. So like there's some talk in the Reddit post around and we had a chat to Mick in January. I kind of think this is like a bit of a stretch. Like I, the thing is, again, I haven't seen all the stuff on Marty's side of the fence. Like maybe there are emails or messages or maybe there's implication or an understanding that he's going to do an OST. Maybe he doesn't have a full contract, but maybe there's an expectation from Id that don't worry, we'll sort that out. Like we'll, we'll get this all locked in, right? I'm kind of a bit like, okay, this is his position on it. I get it. The other one is that, you know, Id had control, creative control. Okay. Like that's the, the contract that he signed. That's the way mm. it is, right? He was told he's going to produce 12 songs and they ended up going out with like, I can't remember the exact number, but it was around 50 to 60 tracks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they obviously had to create a lot of other music from the game, which Mick wasn't doing himself. Mm. And, I, and I, I don't know about you, but reading this, if you read the verbatim, right? You read everything that Mick says. I think it's almost like the biggest thing he's trying to make clear is like, I didn't do those shitty tracks and I didn't want my name anywhere near those shitty tracks. And mm. I wish they were never created. Like, that's one of the biggest things that I get from this whole thing. It's like... And, and that he's actually really passionate about, like, trying to get something out the door, right? And he's really passionate about Doom and the, the IP and everything like that. Uh, what are the other key ones? This whole payment thing is so... It happens a lot in every industry. And I think it's, like, disgusting, honestly. I think if you promise that you're going to do something and you sign a contract with someone, I think it's disgusting when companies leverage their position in the market I, I definitely can't to talk too much about this but I know some really large companies in Australia that literally don't pay people and I'm like they have all the power and the money in the world to pay people and it's like yeah. a systemic thing where they don't pay people and it's fucking bullshit yeah I've I've, I've witnessed that before you know it's, it's a power play mm. you know it's about we hold the power in this in this relationship yeah. in this contract and it absolutely sucks because, you know, like he, in the wider statement when he talks about the issues he had in during the game's composition, he talks a lot about payment there as well and stayed, he claimed that, you know, he wasn't paid for like 11 months and stuff. And there's a lot of stuff you can work through, as he said, there's different sides on it, all this, but as he said, like I've, I've witnessed that before where it's like, it can get really messy, that stuff. Yeah. Especially it, when you're dealing with contractors, you know. And it just seems like honestly just disgusting because it's like it's it, like you should not be able to legally do that kind of shit like you should be able to be held in court like against those contracts but this is the thing about contracts contracts are only useful as much as you enforce them so mm-hmm. uh, the other one is like you know they're sort of saying they've had to rescue this OST at the last minute but <laughs> funny enough that Mick was going through the metadata of what he was supplied and was able to prove that some of these files were created much earlier so seemingly looking to track for a november release date Mm. which was the original date that was meant to be so he's sort of pushing back and going well this is not true this is sort of like you know yeah it look you know i i again like on those kind of things i just think well they're just looking for backups if it's not working out with mick right in their minds Mm. i can kind of understand that yeah, like he's going on about like the editing and he's saying it's really shit. I think like honestly, you, you can look at all of Mick's work and stuff that he's mastered and then look at the waveforms of what got released and just know it's not his work. I don't mm. even think anyone's disputing that, right? I think it's 
I think this is almost getting a bit personal, this shit, where he's just, like, banging on about how shit the edits are and the transitions and out of sync and all this other kind of stuff. It's like, okay, yeah, they're not great. Like, I don't think anyone's really doubting that. Um, yeah, he's talking about that again. Them working together, I mean, they're not going to work together anymore. Like, I don't think that's, like, too shocking. And then, yeah, it's just... It seemed like they also had a falling out over... Alright, there's getting a lot of heat with the OST. Let's figure out what we're going to do. Yeah. And then he felt like he was betrayed. His statement is that they agreed that they're going to come up with something. Some joint statement that they can post together. And then a couple of days later, Marty posted that thing on on Reddit. And and Mm. this is where I feel like... There's so much of this stuff... I would almost go so far as to say... I'd say it's 95%. It's true, right? Like what he's saying. Mm. I think like... My biggest problem with this whole statement is... There's a lot of times where it gets very personal... And very... Like he feels like an ex... That's like... Being dumped. And he's like shitty about the situation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think this was... Obviously there's a legal component for it. Potentially. We don't know but, about but, it yet. Well... As in, like, he's stating things in a legal way, right? That's yes, what I meant yes, by that. Yes, 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 But to me, the other thing is almost like the airing of grievances, right? He yeah. He hasn't been able to... And, like, and I believe when he says in, in, in there that how much it affected him personally. Yeah, And how much sure. it affected his family. And it's the first chance he's had to really share how that is. And I guess, you know, like, that's why... You can feel the emotion. As yeah. much as it's worded in a way that, like, it's very technical in some ways, but... It is also like very personal and emotional, in the, especially in that wider statement. When he gets that refuting the claims, it's more like down to business. But yeah, yeah, I look. I guess I don't know if there's any more context or if you want to. No, I, I just, just wanted to sort of like frame the bigger stuff. But yeah, and then sort of get your thoughts overall. What? Do you, what? Like, it's also what's next. Like, what? What? What could happen? What should happen? How does this affect Id? Right? Because we don't even know what their next game is. Yeah, I. He talks in the statement about the fact that he claims that they used almost like double the amount of work than he was paid for. Mm. So I think the next step is almost okay. What are the potential repercussions, or what? What is you know? Will he ever get that money for that? You know, say basically saying okay, he was to deliver X amount of work, and they ended up using all his rejected and stuff yeah. as part of their like. Which that that part is easily proven because you yeah. can he says that you know not only is in the game but also that stuff was used as part of marketing materials and trailers, um, but I think that and he he brings up it doesn't really go anywhere with it but he brings up the Microsoft acquisition. Mm. It's probably it's such a small amount of thing for them to basically close that off if there's an issue. Oh, if, yeah. if this causes a wider issue, there's a PR nightmare they could step in and just say, look, we just want this to be over, you know. Um, I could see that possibly being a next thing for that. Yeah, look, I, I think, yeah, the unpaid minute. So who's... I didn't know this. Like, it was... That was a really interesting part about it. We haven't spoken about it, but... Yeah. That... Because he didn't really have it in the summary, but it, it, to me, was really interesting that I didn't realise that with music in games, they contract for minutes... Mm. And then they have a per minute rate. That's how it works. So he was contracted for 142 minutes. And then they ended up using 286 minutes and one second of his work, right? Because he can track all this stuff. 
Yeah, and this is for the game. It's for not the game. For Doom Eternal. For yeah, Doom yeah, Eternal, yeah. right? And so it's like 100... It's like double. It's 144 yeah. minutes that's not paid for. 142 that was paid. So you did get paid for that amount, but not the 144. That's... And there, there was a provision in his contract as he spoke about it that, that if you have any extra minutes versus the contract of minutes, there would be provisions to be able to get paid for those. Hmm. That's like a slam. If he took Microsoft to court, he'll win. Like, yeah. it, it's not... Because you can just... You can get it in the game. You go, well, there's more minutes in the game yeah. than... So that's like, to me, like, that's going to be a piece of piss to get that, right? The mm. thing that's so interesting to me now is like, how much stuff can they disprove of what he's saying? Because this is his side of the story again. There's some stuff yeah. where I think it is like, they're fucked up a bit, right? And I don't think they'll be able to get out of, like, mm. the contracting at the last minute. Like, it's it's such a bizarre... Like, if Mick is like lying about that, he's going to get like, destroyed, if they go, mm. well, here's a contract from 2018 for the OST, right? Like, or we'll have provisions to discuss an OST or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, whatever yeah. it is, if it's anything like that, I think he's gonna get he's gonna get Helena tailored if he does that shit, right? But the ones that I'm like really interested in more so is the whole kind of like super supportive community for Doom ID where they're at right now, everything. Mm. Like, I know you could say maybe it's not real, but I feel like there's a very negative energy towards id now, and Marty Stratton's the head of the studio now. Mm. And what do you do with that? Like, what? Like, it's like, to me, that's more what I'd be thinking if I was in Microsoft. It's like, fuck, what are we meant to do here? Like, yeah, how do we fix this problem? And can Marty stay? Honestly, like, that's where I think it's at. It's, I kind of default to yes, but oh, like I don't know Mick doesn't seem to be I'm a very business person in the end of the day like you know if if they were like okay we'll delete the post and we'll post something that's sort of a bit like this fault on both sides rah 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 whatever right and he's like mm. a seven figure settlement I'm like alright let's just get on with it I'll get on with my life right mm. but he seems like a very passionate guy and a very like driven by personal motivations not business motivations for certain things like for instance you know with this ost thing when i was reading through it i was thinking the opposite of what he's thinking i'm like hey you better you gotta pay me freaking 10 times the amount now because you've announced this ost with my name on it i'm gonna say no hmm. do a better deal with me dude like you're, you're pissing me off all the way through development like if it's true his statements that like they kind of dicked him around so much and he had like a nightmare development cycle then they did this OST without having a contract with him. I'm like, dude, you haven't got a contract with me. I'm not going to do that. You've like, I, you've like showed your hand. You're fucked now. Well, I think that, and I, you know, I, I don't want to get the timeline too incorrect with this, but um, not incorrect at all. But he does talk about feeling completely without power because they hadn't paid him yet, like during that first eleven months or whatever. But that's his so, power. No, but that's on. But I'm saying that he felt that if he walked away from the project, he might not get paid. And he's like, I, I literally don't have any income right now. So, so I wonder if part of that is him feeling that just he didn't have that leverage, which you'd ex normally expect to have leverage in that situation, you know? So. Uh, yeah, but I think this is where I like, and I really have so much respect for this guy, McGordon, right? I've like literally watched hours of interviews with him. I really think he's a really cool, like, talent, but he needs to get a better business manager. Because seriously, I was advising him. I'd be like, dude, like, 
we are there's zero percent chance we're gonna do an OST until they resolve all of these issues and mm. they pay you a lot more and like oh wait they haven't paid you for another one that you've done that's separate that's just you pay me for that not combining mm. shift no way I'd fucking ever do that in a million years right because mm. he had all the power at that point as soon as you lose power in business they abuse you mm. and like that's where I I know what you're talking about that he felt like that but I was like it's kind of the opposite like he had all the power he gave all the power up too easily that's why he was almost like I felt he was a bit naive in how he was writing there's one part of his medium post where he's saying you know oh the Bethesda people were so easy to deal with and they're just like yeah yeah sign this of course they are because they're fucking looking at it going holy shit this is a disaster and this mm. guy just wants to sign some contract and not put us over a barrel. It's like, oh, yeah, Mick, uh, what's your rate? Oh, yeah, we'll just use the rate that we're using on Doom Eternal. Mm. Oh, yeah, cool. Well, yeah, sign this up. Oh, we didn't pay you in the past. Oh, yeah, just combine that in. And then I'm like, of course, you idiot. <laughs> of course, they're like excited about that because you've got all the leverage at that point in time. And he acts like he has none. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really bad story, man. And I haven't yeah. played Doom Eternal yet. And I'm almost like, it's going to be almost hard for me to... I, I feel like I need to give it like a year to play Doom Eternal. Because hmm. it's too raw and fresh. I think the final thing for me on this mm. is that, you know, what my, I guess, stance is on this whole situation. So, I, you know, if I was just talking from the heart, you know, I look at, I read, I read both those statements and I read the, look at the receipts. Now, obviously, Marty Stratton doesn't have the luxury of knowing that that big response was yeah, going to be coming so he didn't have his own yeah. receipts on his side and everything but you know like I, I look at Mick Gordon's case and the situation and I'm like man like that they screwed this dude over right in my heart right like he you know as you said probably 95% it's like I believe that but the other part I mean I guess you were kind of talking about this a bit as well is the whole court of public opinion about mm. this we've just gone through this with Helena Taylor for Bayonetta and yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. we know how that played out yeah. God Mick because obviously he's been preparing this for a long time Mick must have seen that play out and <laughs> yeah. been like thank God I've got receipts <laughs> he's about to press submit <laughs> no all I can imagine is if I <laughs> it'd be funny to make a video on this he's made like this shitty post on on, on Medium or Twitter and he was about to send it and then Helena Taylor thing blew up and he's like hmm yeah. okay I might need to prove more of this <laughs> stuff I'm going to write an article but that whole court of public opinion thing is you know like look at the facts people you know wait yeah, for the yeah, facts yeah. to come out as well because I've seen so many YouTube response videos come out from, from people that I'm normally after the Helena Taylor thing dude as well right after this <sighs> post went up just being like he needs justice blah 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 and I, <sighs> I know, as I said in my heart I, I, I understand but wait for everything to see where it all lands right because as you said there's always two sides as much as you know like I do believe a lot of what he said just wait to see where everything plays out because I think you know jumping to conclusions is just uh, such a side effect of our society at the moment uh, it's really unfortunate so yeah and it, look it's honestly one thing I'm proud about the show that we do we never do that shit then it's not as popular right because you know it's like explosive hmm. like we're a little bit more like the voice of reason but I actually am proud about that because people, yeah, they like I've seen a lot of people as well that I have respect for that are just almost, especially after the Helena Taylor stuff, blindly looking at the situation and going, oh, like, you know, I, yeah, I always knew Mick was hard done by and all this other bullshit, right? To me, it's like, 
You've also just got to think about the common sense logic of the situation. Bayonetta 3, right? Just like if you lay it out and you go, okay, so you've got one voice actor who is saying that she's not getting paid correctly. So who have they got to replace her? Some cheap person off the street, obviously, because they're worried about money. Oh, no. One of the most expensive and lauded fucking voice actors of all time. It, like, that shit just doesn't add up and make sense, right? So park mm. that, right? With this Mick situation, you can... Like, the thing is that they made a game together. So he made Doom 2016 with id, and Marty was leading that as well, right? Mm. Successful OST, successful game, right? This game, Doom Eternal, successful game delayed, right? Terrible OST, right? Same people all playing in the same field. So just fundamentally, I can't imagine a situation where there is 0% of this coming from Mick, right? It's all the same people involved, it's the same medium, and you're, you're dealing with a guy who's like, you can tell his passion, it's like oozing from like the, the post that he's posting, mm. right? And like, we don't know all the ins and outs. We don't know if he's just like, oh shit, I've done something amazing with Doom, which I think, you know, really elevated his career. And, you know, we don't know the personal journey he went through of like, and this is just me purely speculating, but, oh, hey, how am I going to top this? You know, how am I going to, like, go to another level with this, right? Like, all these other things that people can go through. And I can accept there's a world where maybe it was Mick who was very difficult. Maybe he was really hard to work with and all these Mm. kind of things, right? But I think where this is different from the Helena Taylor stuff is that Mick has delivered in the past, right? They've made good things together. And I think he's, like, got very explicit details, that you can't really wiggle around that will be completely binary because he's framed it in that way. So he's actually put himself into a spot where he will be like more fucked than Helena Taylor was when she was kind of like being ambiguous with what she's saying. She could still defend that, I think, but she was being super ambiguous and being deceptive, I would say, right? Mm. Whereas he's just like flat out saying, I did not have a contract until this date. That's when the contract got signed. (laughs) Like that's, that is black and white right mm. and like I was contracted this many minutes and I got paid for this many black and white like all these things are just like there's no wiggle room and he's got screenshots and everything so mm. ultimately yeah my heart is saying like he's a bit on Mick in terms of probably working with him and perfectionism and like what he was going to deliver but it sounded like Doom was a bit of a mess to get it out the door they were wanting to launch with Switch version it came like a year late like mm. so obviously the organization was all fucking out of whack and honestly as much as music's important some kind of soundtrack that's gonna get like sent out to people it's probably the last thing that's on your mind if you're like worrying about is the game gonna be fucking good is it gonna review well is it gonna work how many bugs do you know what I mean like a soundtrack yeah. I'm just like it's the fucking soundtrack who gives a shit about a soundtrack ultimately in the end of the day in that grand scheme of things so mm. yeah and yeah just getting back to the court of public opinion I can't really see how it's going to swing against Mick because I feel like the Mm. smart thing that he's done by posting this publicly is they're going to go into some kind of legal discussion now they're already in it right they're in it right now well they were in legal discussions around the whole possible according to Mick the settlement offer and so like so that stuff was wild as well that he covers yeah and I mean like that's yeah, I, that's escalated to another level now mm. with the public statements because now they're dealing with the guy who's 
really damaged their studio. So, and whether maybe it's justified, maybe they they are the reason why it's damaged. But Microsoft just looks at this as like, okay, this is one of our studio that's like one of the crown jewels of our platform, and <laughs> this guy has basically turned all the hardcore people against us. You know who's probably really happy about this whole situation? Who is the developers of Atomic Heart, which Mick has done the soundtrack for? Because now that game is coming out, you know, not that far away. And now they've got, he's gone from having shamed, you know, composer Mick Gordon to, you know, redeemed Mick Gordon as, as being the composer of Atomic Heart. Yeah, so, Feb 21, 2023. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, and also, so, by the way, dude, is that like, we can't also forget that that's coming out, you know, Mick would be benefiting from mm. any publicity about that game. And he hasn't responded to this post for like two years. And he just so happens to respond to it just before, you know, this, the PR cycle starts on the game. The spicy conspiracy theory to wrap this up. <laughs> no, but dude, like, this is, again, the Helena Taylor stuff. You've got to look at the whole situation and go, there's always more going on than what people... There's no incentive for him to go, yeah, I was really difficult and I went through a lot and, you know, I was trying to top myself and I didn't know how and I, I was rejecting some of the music. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't know these conversations. Like, yeah... Also, he mentions Marty's name like 176 times in the Medium post, which I think is a bit yeah. psycho. But. 176, Jesus. Yeah. All right, all well, right. I think we've covered that. Hope, I don't think we'll hear much more from it, honestly, because it's going to be all legal stuff from now on. We'll see. We'll probably get an update in uh, like seven months or something. Yeah, something. exactly. Exactly. All right, well, all right. the next story. So we have... Official confirmation from Remedy Entertainment that they're making a direct sequel to Control. Um, so in July last year, we covered it on the show, Remedy announced a number of new titles set in the Control universe. Um, and we focused at the time because it was what they were focusing on, on a co-op title that's um, like a four-play co-op game called, a pro, uh, it's like codenamed uh, Project Condor. But they did say at the time that a bigger budget Control game is coming that will expand the Control franchise. So this week they revealed that title, which is Control 2, <laughs> which was formerly known as Project Heron, but I don't think we knew that project name back then. But it will be co-developed and co-published by both Remedy and 505 Games. So very interesting terminology there, co-developed. Uh, Remedy mm. will self-publish the game on PC. 505 Games will publish on consoles. It's coming to PC, PS5, and Xbox Series consoles, built on their own Northlight engine, which we knew. Um, so, yeah, just basically just a confirmation of what we knew was likely to happen, but it's great. You know, obviously, it's a, Control's a very well-beloved game, and uh, I think this news definitely hit... It got a lot more headlines in their post last year about this stuff, so... Yeah, no, for sure. I think Control 2 really has a good opportunity to be a mega hit. Because I think Control yeah. 1 was, like, not quite a cult hit, but do you know what I mean by that? It's almost like... Uh, I'm, like, blanking on a game where it's just, like, the first one comes out and it, it does well, mm. but it's almost, like, sets them up for the second one to be big. Well, it had a journey. So you had, you know, the critics were loving it and everything and probably didn't set the world on fire sales-wise, but mm. then they started putting it out on Game Pass and PS Plus and all these. And so a lot more people got their chance to actually try it out. So I think the poss the yeah the the chance for this to be a much bigger game is there hundred percent. So yeah, I, like don't don't confer this level 
of like greatness, but the example in my mind is something like Demon Souls, where yeah, it's like, eh, and it's a slow burner, and then it kind of where it gets around, and it's like, no, nah, this is a really fucking good game, right? And then Dark Souls comes out later, and it's like, okay, yeah, pay attention, and then you know a bunch of people play that, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's probably quite similar to that. The, the marketing budget for Control 2 is going to be much bigger than the marketing budget for Control 1. I but dude, even the so development budget of Control 1 is insanely, like, small. Like, it's freaking... It's almost, like, like very old school in terms of, like, the money they spent on making that game and how much so it made, so... They actually announced the initial development budget. I didn't write it down. Um, so they've got an actual PR, like, a pub, uh, press release on oh, yeah. Remedy's website that talks about this. Um, so they actually say, yeah, they talk about the deal with 505 Games and everything there, and they clarify, you know, Remedy still owns the IP for, for mm. Control. So, but it's interesting. So, you know, we had last December them announce Alan Wake 2. Yes. So they've got these two sequels to these two, you know, almost sleeper hits in a way. Alan Wake was pretty popular, but I'd still kind of, you know, like compared to like other massive franchises but they've got these sequels on the way um i could see them you know they've already you know connected the universes in some way in some form mm. so it'd be interesting to see with the fact that they've got that the you know the benefit of hindsight now that they actually may actually find a way to to work those sequels into each other as well but that's too like they've got so many projects on in the works it's yeah kind of wild kind of it, kind of bizarre to be honest like how many, I don't know what the hell they're doing because they're a pretty small studio. They've so. got they've got two hundred ninety employees according to their their uh, somewhere I which found is it tiny. Anyway. Um, so yeah, and they also it's related the you know they did their financial reporting and Alan Wake Remastered didn't really sell that well. Um, so that that's really unfortunate, but so many people didn't even know that thing existed. So yeah, the way they marketed and released that and the mm. Switch port was terrible by all accounts which uh, yeah it, very like a few bad signs in that way right like they mm. really mismanaged the release of that game that game was like awesome I only played it recently Alan Wake and I don't know what version it would have been because it was like on PC which I think is slightly remake like remastered version from the original mm. OG 360 release but that game also just quite doesn't fit like a remaster honestly like that quickly mm. like I think that's almost more of a Resident Evil type game where you want a lot of time to pass then you can remaster remake it like yeah re- remastering that game to me didn't really make a lot of sense I wasn't even excited about looking at it right because it's like uh, mm. the original game look was very stylized and it was very cool the way it was but no I'm really excited about this like you know only a recent fan of like Sam Lake and you know Remedy and just what they're doing there and I'm just anything that's weird is always fun and it is very weird I, I need to go back to Control it's definitely a game it sounds so dumb what I'm about to say but it just feels more like a console game to me though like I've been playing it on PC and it feels like it doesn't feel like a PC game if that makes any yeah. sense no I feel that um, and look I I I might go back to it. Like the world, the char- like the the whole setting and the mm. vibe is so good, and you know it's whole, it's obviously riffing on the whole SCP kind of like crazy, you know, like weird anomalies and yeah. things like that. But um, I think the gameplay for me was like it was good. It was really really solid. I mean that in a positive light. But it was I think that was a thing that was holding me back from like really getting hooked on the game. Yeah. 
but I can see where you know like they can really improve that stuff for me in for number two yeah, but obviously people love the first game so yeah no sweet alright well we've got a bunch of other news mm. um, so Nintendo held an Indie World Showcase presentation this week and honestly a bunch of cool news but it's pretty much all release date news but for games that you know I'm some of us are really looking forward to and that people were anticipating so can we can we skip I, the first one and make it last you can make that last if you want yeah um, but uh, yeah I, so I just thought it would just be easy to bundle them all in this little segment and cover as part of that um, you know this indie world news so the first one is that uh, Rogue Legacy 2 is now available for Switch so dropped um, you know that news dropped in the presentation so very very highly rated game one of the highest rated games of the year according to Metacritic um, I am a fan of the first game I never tried Rogue Legacy 2 but now you can play it on Switch if you're interested uh, we have Inscription, so a really popular yeah. playing game from last year. So that's coming on to Switch on 1st of December, and that feels like a really good game for, for Switch, just the fit of it, you know. So I, I actually... I, the problem, honestly, the problem with the Switch now is, like, first-party games, I just buy them if there's something that I'm interested in, right? I don't even bother waiting for reviews or anything, right? Because I kind of know what I'm going to get, right? Hmm. But these type of games like inscription I'm like ah, I just have to wait until it comes out then mm. listen to what people say it's like Alan Wake Remastered it's like ah, that's a game that I may pick up one day right like if yeah. it's kind of an LA Noir style release and that's a really decent game to play on the Switch and Alan Wake Remastered supposedly is terrible and inscription is a bit like that it's like I'm sure it's going to play well but I mm. can't guarantee it right but if it yeah. plays well I actually think I'll pick it up on the Switch well, you don't have to wait that long. So it's uh, 1st of December. A couple of weeks. Um, we have uh, a release date for Tales of Symphonia Remastered, which I'm looking forward to as much as it is not a great remaster um, by all accounts, the fact that it's running at 30 frames and, and whatnot. But that is coming on the 16th of February, 2023. Mm. And that's basically coming to every platform. Uh, now, a game that I have always had an eye on, as much as I'm not a big horror fan, but World of Horror. So World <laughs> of Horror is a very Junji Ito inspired kind of like crazy almost like detective style visual novel but it's it's when I say visual novel it's it's really undercutting it but it's kind of like you're moving between scenes and mm. really crazy stuff awesome visual style that's been in early accents since February 2020 so they just announced that it's coming uh, mid essentially mid next year for uh, for all platforms as well except Xbox unfortunately so um, but World of Horror, so yeah, I think it's an interesting game to throw in a Nintendo presentation because it's, <laughs> it's definitely uh, pretty terrifying at times. And the last, well, the last game that I was going to mention, obviously, you'll, you'll close it off with the one you're looking forward to, is WrestleQuest. So we talked about this mm. on the show. WrestleQuest is the like the you know the RPG um, wrestling game that's really cool. So we got a release date that's coming in May next year for all platforms. Very cool. And the game that I usually mention in these. Uh, indie directs when we were streaming them. This one was at 4am, so I actually saw it and I'm like, oh, I wonder if the guys want to check it out, and then I saw it was going to be 4am our time. I was like, ah, no, I'm not going to be streaming that. <laughs> um, and I, almost every single time, say, I want this game to come out, and it's not, uh, it's not, uh, what is it, Silk, Silk Song? Uh, what I'm going to yep. mention is Sports Story by uh, Brisbane developer Sidebar Games. They released Golf Story pretty much at the launch with the Switch, and I love that game. And, you know, they'd announced Sports Story 
like three years ago, I think. And it was kind of almost like his sports story, you know, not coming soon, but didn't have a vibe of like, this is just a teaser, right? It was, it looked pretty far developed. Anyway, three years later, very Metro Prime 4-ish, like, we're still waiting for it. But now, out of the blue, they're like, oh, and this is coming in December. We don't know when in December, but... Yeah, it's really weird. December at least. It's just like <laughs> December, but I guess that gives them some wiggle room as an indie developers. But okay, we can't... We're not ready to launch on the 3rd of December, whatever, a random date, you know. Yeah. We need an extra week or something. But. I, I think that's the case too, man. I think it's like... They've they've locked in in their mind something like the eighth of December because you can't mm. you don't want to be really releasing games much later than that right mm. I mean people are starting to do it but it's very unusual and I think you're 100 percent right that they've gone okay like we don't want it to be like dragging on beyond Christmas and then it'll probably be an extra week or something so it'd be mid December but are you are you thinking about picking that up or I still I still need to beat the first one. I, oh, I liked okay. what I I liked what I played of uh, Golf Story. It's the first game I bought on the Switch. Yeah, um, yeah. Other than cool owning game. other than owning Mario Odyssey's part of the pack, like that's the first like yeah. probably the first game I played to be honest. Um, ever? Yeah. Ever? You know, yeah. No, on, <laughs> on the Switch. On, on the Switch. <laughs> um, but yeah, so some a lot of people were very disappointed by the showcase in general but I think that getting a whole bunch of release date news uh, while not super exciting is is uh, cool to have so I, I'm like I'll be getting this day one and I'm sort of fascinated to see how like and I don't take this the wrong way how much of a mess this game is going to be right because Golf Story is very tight it's very simple overall mm. and very sort of like Game Boy Advance esque inspired by you know like Mario Golf all those kind of games right this game like felt like first game's big success alright let's let's fucking do everything we have on the vision board right hmm. like they've got six sports at least they haven't fully confirmed it in the latest trailer which I thought was a bit weird they talked about all the sports but they didn't they didn't I don't think they ever explicitly said there's going to be six I, sports I got the impression that golf is still like the central run through sport and everything yeah. else is kind of like like it's big parts of the game but is not like the through line sport part you know yeah yeah that, that's, I could be wrong but that's the impression I've gotten from what I've read and, and things like that no I, I think that's right I think that's right but it's there's a big element in the, like the other sports like I think you can mm. at least say that right mm, yeah yeah I'm and then you go through the actual listing so they're like okay play and master eight unique golf courses rise through the ranks of the tennis world tour start your own soccer team your sporting destiny is your own hands right travel by train helicopter houseboat right <laughs> explore dungeons abandoned ruins and the mysterious wildlands raise your sporting rank and unlock new and varied other activities right and other sports and it's got four player multiplayer oh okay like I don't know dude I feel like if they could pull this shit all off this is gonna be like a mad game and well, they, Golf Story was amazing it's an awesome game so well they got the vaunted I think it was the last game they showed off yeah it was so yeah. they got the good uh, the good spot on the yeah. Nintendo presentation you think that Nintendo would have played some of it right before putting it onto like a direct do you think I have no idea mm. I have no idea I mean it's not it's not far away so I'm sure they've played they've, they've played it so. yeah so it looks like they've got baseball cricket fishing tennis volleyball soccer and uh, golf so it's like at least seven sports that they're showing in the like graphic 
and then like BMX so eight sports fucking like, I, I'm super interested to see if this game is a mess or not but anyway I'm looking forward to it I'll get yeah, it I can tell I can tell no, it's, uh, I know Mike liked that game as well so mm. um, cool well the next story is uh, something that kind of came as a bit of a surprise because I thought we'd known what we need to know about Street Fighter 6's controls and knowing that when they kind of started to show more of of the game a while back, they you know they clarified there's a classic control scheme, which is just like your normal Street Fighter. You do your Hadoukens and everything like that, and then there's a simple uh, what's called modern, which is like a simplified one, which they've tried out before in like Capcom versus SNK two and games like that, where you just need to like press one button to do a Hadouken or you know very simplified mm. controls. But this week they actually talked about a third control scheme called dynamic which actually will allow people to just press any button and the game will determine the best course of all will d- determine what to do it's really crazy so a quote from the director uh, in a normal fighting game when people mash buttons they will just do a lot of whiffs you know because uh, they don't know how to play the game right um but we wanted something important and something that makes a difference happen by randomly pressing buttons so for example if a character is far away <laughs> If characters mm. far away on the screen, they might the mash any button, they'll do a Hadouken, for instance, right? If they're nearing an the opponent, mash any button, they'll do a combo. It's kind of crazy, but you stand, you can still manually move your character around, and they say, and perform parries. I'm like, who's performing parries that's using this mode? Buttons. <laughs> that's using this mode. But look, you can only use this mode in local play, so there's no, you know, obviously this is not a mode that's ever going to be used in any kind of professional play but I kind of like when I look had a good think about it I'm thinking this is going to be really fun for kids you know just to just to like just to just see fun shit happen on the screen uh, and maybe get them interested in actually playing fighting games you know so don't get this wrong but I think like I think it's even funnier if, if you're playing at like Joe Jive's house someone turns on like dynamic and actually starts beating him off right just by mashing all the buttons like that's funny yeah it it does i think this whole thing teases out fundamental game design and flaws in certain genres of games potentially Hmm. but like kind of like ultimately there is a there is probably and it's it's interesting because what i didn't realize is so many of the japanese which, like, let's be real, most fighting games are all got Japanese directors. There's only, like, two fighting mm. games outside of Japan that are of note, right? Well, there's probably more now, actually, with all the platform fighters, but I, I was actually surprised how inspired they were of, like, um, Sakurai's, like, kind of revamp of the fighting genre with, like, the platform fighters, like Smash, and the simple controls that were, yeah. like, actually themselves a reaction to, like, complex controls and too many inputs and combos and stuff like that but I feel like this is not the solution like I I do ultimately think Street Fighter is a niche mega hit like that's the way I would always think about Street Fighter right it's a game that shouldn't be mainstream but somehow snuck through and has stayed a mainstream game and I think doing this kind of stuff ultimately it's just like not a great idea personally even just as something you can just have as an optional thing for for yeah even for accessibility i think it just kind purposes. of cheapens the game a bit honestly i mean of course it does like i don't think they they are pretending this is going to lead to any actual competitive 
play between yeah. even casual players it's just a fun optional mode for people you know like to me it's like like kind of like the inputs in the game and how you control things and everything like that is to me really inherent with the game like I don't even like the modern controls that they've got with Street Fighter like in this new iteration right like it's a little bit of like the debate to me with like Dark Souls like to me there's something inherent about that someone who's better than you will beat you 100 times out of 100 if they're in a different class but that's the same as Smash Brothers by the way like Mm. all of these kind of games I think that's just inherent in the way the games are and trying to take that away to me cheapens the skill that people gain Do do you know what I mean? yeah like if they were touting this as this is central to the game you know they didn't first of all they didn't even announce this when they announced the other two so who yeah. knows obviously if it was even a thing back then or if it's something they've added in since but well the only know. the way i found out about this was like i saw a, a thumbnail on youtube of like someone just like was obviously mashing and it's like this mm. is i think the caption was something along the lines of this is the new power move in street fighter or something i was like what is like what's this mashing thing and then mm. i saw the articles about it it's like mm. I just know that, look, button mashing... Tekken is a famous game for people who never played it. It's just button mash. And Eddie Gordo is the famous Tekken 3 character where if you button mash as Eddie Gordo and you're playing against another casual player, there's a good chance you might actually win. So I think that this... Mm. It's kind of like... And it's that audience. It's the people they people using this mode outside of... For accessibility reasons, um, are ne- they're never going to probably, you know, like play this game at a serious level or anything. So it's more just okay. They might have a bit of fun, kind of thing. But I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. So. It look because it does go back to this whole conversation about like Dark Souls and should it have like an easier mode? Why not? Because it doesn't affect anyone else, right? Like if if they had two options, it's like I whenever I play Fire Emblem, I always play it in classic mode. So that means permadeath, right? But to me, that inherently changes the game. Now, the same as Dark Souls. I feel like if you made Dark Souls easier, it, like, the hardest thing about Dark Souls is just, like, you can't just go in and bash your way through. The game will push back on you. So it's like, okay, I've got to, like, learn to, like, parry, learn to understand the class system, learn like, learn the bosses, learn the enemies. Like, even fucking useless enemies can kill you really easily in Dark Souls, right? If you don't know what you're doing. And I always felt like, like you know, those kind of fighting games would always be in that category for me. Hmm. And it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying. Like, oh, if you just want to play it. But then what about the flip side? If someone's like, oh, I want to play these games, find it really hard to, like, get my head around the classic style. So I just go to dynamic straight away because it's easier to get up and running. But then you don't learn any good habits. Hmm. But at least they've, they've got a middle step there now, you know, so... Yeah. I just think this is something that I think would be fun for kids, you know. Like, and that—that's ultimately, I think, again, outside of accessibility, I think that you know, like young kids. I'm not because yeah. you know we. Not sure we, if they we should be playing Street Fighter. But. <laughs> I mean, Street Fighter compared to what games other kids are playing these days, you know, Minecraft. Um, that's not too bad. Yeah. No. Anyway, I think I think that this is a nice addition, but I, I understand why Ooh, some okay, people think it's not great for it. So. All right. Well, I want to. Are you getting Street Fighter Six? I can't remember. Um, I, I hope to. You know, I don't know if I'll be getting a launch. I don't. Oh, okay. We don't even have a launch date for it. I don't think. So. Oh, but this is only local. You can't even play someone online with this nah, stuff. Nah. 
That's pretty good that they've locked that at least. Because I want to beat you with the dynamic control scheme just to. You probably you would beat me with a bloody dynamic <laughs> control scheme. Cool. All right, cool. All right, for our last story, you've got, you've got some awesome analog updates. Yeah, so this is just like Update City. So, Spiritualized 1997, which is totally not capturous, uh, released no. 17 new cores. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll just quickly, quickly, quickly... 17? I'm not even going to quickly reel them off. There's so many other ones, right? Like I don't it, even know half of these. Well, I know a lot of the first ones, like the Atari 7800, Intellivision, ColecoVision, oh, yeah. Magnavox Odyssey 2, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, like, there's a whole bunch of stuff, right? Um, and then also released uh, Super Game Boy as a core. So that is leveraging his SNES core. And then flicking in the Game Boy BIOS to create the Super Game Boy thing. And it's obvious that it's doing that because in the Super Game Boy mode, you cannot, like, save states or, like, pause mm. the game, whereas you can in Game Boy. Uh, also released a Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive core and Atari 2600 core. So it's freaking, like... Like, where we're at right now, for everyone who's counting pretty much everything Super Nintendo and before console wise is pretty much done now and just improving with time which is pretty amazing oh Mega Duck WG 108 I've never <laughs> heard of this thing I haven't heard Hand, a lot of these other ones handheld yeah. game consoles developed and manufactured um, by a Hong Kong company Jesus yeah I it's crazy that he'd go to the length to like, do these super obscure He'd, well, I don't know who you're talking about. Spirit, we don't know if Spiritualized 1997 is a man or a woman. We don't have any information about the um, I the formally apologize for assuming Spiritualized <laughs> 1997's gender. Yes. Um, but just randomly as well, Sweeney, on the uh, Analog NT, which is the NES clone console, uh, someone else <laughs> had released all of these cores years ago for the, the NT so yeah it's just so it's just very random that like just this person keeps getting around and and it's got the same bugs as the official cores from analog as well <laughs> at certain points so it's very not suspicious at all but it's really cool it's really what cool. are you what are you insinuating <laughs> I know, is, I know. this is an inside job is that, is that <laughs> exactly, what you're saying exactly um then also uh the Aussie a wait is it Aussie, this guy? AG23? I remember correcting it at one point. Because I, I think I, I was I, saying he was an Aussie. And you then... were saying your correction in a while back was that it was a New Zealand person and you said oh, they were Australian. Yeah, I'm trying to remember about this Because one. you're like, calling a New Zealander as an Aussie is yeah. like a massive insult. So Yeah. Can you explain that while I just double check that, Swinney? Of why that's an insult? To our oh. American audience? Cause, oh no, they're not even Australian or... <laughs> I... I don't know. I was just—I thought that's what you were. I don't know like, why I thought they were an Australian. This person—it looks like they're from—they're <laughs> from America. Anyway, so this this person, AGG twenty three, who's released a bunch of stuff. We've mentioned them on the show many times. Uh, updated the SNES core, and I, I was excited about this because it actually now features PAL support. So games like Terranigma can run on it. Awesome. Um, and also pretty much a full expansion of all the different chips except the MSU um, and a whole bunch of other features, real-time clock. It's, it's like so fully featured now, which is really, really awesome. Um, and like, it sounds crazy the lengths that he had to go to to actually make this work. He had to like 
do a whole bunch of assembly code and then like build his own simulator to test certain things out. So he's getting full on this guy at this kind of stuff. He's like one of the legends of that community. He also had released a PC engine core that now supports super graphics. So is this is this AGG23? Is, this, is he like supported by Patreon or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. So he has like an ability that you can donate to him. Okay. On so AGG23. His... So go support him if you want. So. Yeah. So you can sponsor him on, I think GitHub is the main uh, place that he likes the people to support him. And he's pretty good about it because he's building off work of others. And normally he's pretty much like, I'll go support those people, not me. Which so he's a pretty selfless kind of person it seems, but um that's really cool. And then also just with analog itself, there's a firmware update for the pocket, so they are continuing to update it. It still doesn't have the ability for me to take it onto the CRT. Unacceptable. Um, no, it's fine. But yeah, they're, they're constantly reiterating and updating it. Um, hopefully that update comes sooner rather than later. The other one is they do have the adapter set for sale. It's so crazy. So this is for Turbo Graphics, PC Engine, Neo Geo Pocket, Color, and Atari Lynx, which in Australia, only the Atari Lynx, I think, was released. I don't think any of those other systems were, lo- were released. Don't think so. So for us, like, I've not, like, nostalgia, but I remember seeing Atari Lynx in the store, right? Like at Tandy. I don't know if you remember Tandy, right? I remember Tandy used yeah. to be my favorite store. I love... You know what? A Tandy... Uh, a Tandy Tangent... Uh, sorry, a Tandy Tangent... Tandy I just wanted to get that out because that's going to be the show title. Yes, it is. <laughs> a Tandy Tangent, right? Yeah. I needed to say it correctly. That I also love that store so much. Like, I was a super geek, love PCs. It, it, like, it's hard to explain to Americans what that store was like. Sort of like, uh, like, oh, I don't even know. Don't know the US stores well enough to be able to... But yeah, it, it essentially had, like, P, a lot of PC stuff. Hmm. And but then also a little bit of console stuff, sort of. And no general electronics. And general well. electronics. Um, like yeah, for exactly. instance, I would go. I got got like little handheld, like you know those handheld games that just have like, mm. like a Pac-Man, Tiger handheld style things. Yeah, Game and um, Watch I, that would sell there in the eighties. Yeah, um, yeah. I got the you know I got the triple pack for Christmas of the Sierra King's Quest Two Space Quest Two games and and all that stuff. Like that was from Sierra. Uh, sorry, from Tandy. And then Tandy died a, uh, a, a death, unfortunately. So. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I really loved them. Like, it's one of my favourite stores to go to. And then, at the same time, they were the biggest assholes there. The people behind the counters. Like, they hated kids in the store with a passion. And I was always like, oh, one day I'll be able to buy anything I want, you assholes. And <laughs> stuff, like, in my head. Right? But, um, yeah, when did they die? Like, 2011. Holy shit. Really? That long? They must have had stores in other states because they no, no, I that's swear, totally defunct I... in 2011. And it seems like oh, so it's like Radio Shack. Okay, Radio Shack. Yeah, so for okay, people in the yeah, states, yeah. it sounds like Tandy was the first one changed its business to electronics when it acquired control. Oh, so Tandy was the original. <laughs> so Tandy was the original. Radio Shack came later, and they acquired it. And Dick Smith was involved in this shit as well in Australia so he's a famous figure infamous figure to some I guess anyway loved Tandy but um, they would always sell that shit so I saw the Atari Lynx so that truly was a Tandy tangent Um, so I did see the Atari Lynx there but if you're in Australia and you want to get these pocket adapters you have to order all of them so just say you've got like an Atari Lynx collection Swinney you have to order the the adapter set which is 99 US dollars 
and the current shipping to Australia just for that one single item is eighty nine dollars US. Jesus Christ! And it's and just this a, like it's like this yeah, little tiny, fucking yeah. thing, right? So like that already is like like what are we up to? That's like what hundred and ninety US in Australian, and now we actually have to pay GST on these kind of items as well. So it's, that's three hundred and twelve dollars Australian to get the Atari Lynx adapter if that's all you wanted. Three hundred and twelve Australian dollars <laughs> shipped, right? But you know what the kicker is that I only realised today. The kicker is that also they're doing a final run of the Mega SG and the Super NT, right? So this mm. is the final run of those, right? And I was like just playing around with the site as I do, adding things in my cart and all this other stuff, right? And what I found out is if you add the pocket adapter set, you cannot add anything else. You have to buy that just by itself. So if you go, I want to, oh, we're going to pull the trigger on the Super NT <laughs> and I'll combine it with the shipping or whatever with the pocket set because it's so expensive to ship to Australia. You can't do it. You have to have two separate orders and get charged 89 times each time <laughs> to Australia. How criminal is that, man? Is that not bad? It's bad. Like, I, I know sometimes there's reasons why that stuff can't be done. I don't know, for instance, if that stuff's stored in different locations. If it's not, and it's just like, okay, they just don't have the capability to do it because they don't have the maybe the admin level to do it. Mm. That's that's bullshit. <laughs> it's <laughs> Regardless, it's bullshit. You know? Oh, it's so bad, dude. It's like I love analog and I love a lot of the shit they do. I'll defend them a lot, but not for this kind of stuff. This is like anti-consumer shit, man. Like honestly, they just need to increase the prices of the base stuff. Like, the analog pocket, I think, could easily be 250 US dollars, and that would be fair price. And I feel like they could take some of the heat out of the shipping if they did that, right? So, anyway, that was the, the mini analog update. Well, thank you. There's a lot of information there, and uh, thank you for the updates. One day I'll get to take advantage of them. When yes, yours should be... Have you got a shipping confirmation? Nope. Oh, unbelievable. All right, well... See you in 2023. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of the main news stories. We'll probably just quickly wrap through some of the other stuff, um, just the headline level uh, stuff, because we're, you know, we're, it's actually been a pretty long show so far. So I will just say off the bat that, um, you know, they Bioware released another Mass Effect 4 teaser or Mass Effect, next Mass Effect, and it's coincided with the fact that I've been watching lots of Mass Effect Let's Plays, sort of, and I'm like... Man, I really want to jump back into Legendary Edition. And, same, uh, same. You know, you know what's staring me down the barrel with that? What? Uh, the the full three game playthrough on artist difficulty insanity. Uh, so I'm gearing myself up. I'm learning the best builds. I'm doing. Oh wow! So I might start it next week. I don't know. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go back to that game as well. Not that I'll play yeah. with you because you're antisocial. Um, for me, I, I, we spoke about this before the show even started. But Animal Crossing: New Horizon being the best selling video game of all time in Japan, which is kind of an insane fact that's an insane fact thank you COVID yeah well it's not just that <laughs> that game was going to be a mega hit obviously it was exacerbated by COVID the flip side is though dude that they couldn't sell enough switches so that game could have mm. been bigger right which is kind of mental to think about cool uh, next one from me I guess I'm just this is the last one from me is the Dark Souls Remastered servers are back online now so not that long after Ooh. I think it's two weeks after they brought back Dark Souls 2 Scarlet First Sin uh, and just to remind anyone, the original PC version, Prepare to Die Edition, will, the servers will not be coming back for that game. So you better up 
upgrade to Dark Souls Remastered if you want to play online, unfortunately. <laughs> More anti-consumer shit. Uh, I mean, like, I'm not necessarily fanging for this, but Gears of War is finally getting a movie. I thought that was interesting because I just read that Cliffy B autobiography, mm. um, which they talk about a tiny bit. And I did read a bit about them looking to develop because he was helping them develop a live-action film. And uh, Dave Batista's thrown his hat out there, you know. Oh, he has. And, and yeah, he's thrown his hat out there and got commented on by Cliffy B. It's like, oh, that's going to happen, know, right? Honor. Sure. Well, he was a, he was actually DLC for I think he's five. Yeah, where yeah. You could replace him as Marcus Phoenix. Um, the unfortunate part, like, uh, he, Batista's actually getting like he's getting up there in the years. So I think they got to jump. They've got to pull the trigger now for that if they want him to be Marcus Phoenix. So he's almost too expensive, though. It look. Batista's a driven man I reckon he'd do this as a, as a passion project and yeah. probably a lower rate to be honest so yeah I, like because these are all people in the end of the day if you know I, I'm like the biggest fan of Batman and that would be a nice segue into the next thing right if there was some bizarro universe where they're like oh you can play Batman like I'd be just like oh, like whatever you'd never be saying no to that you'd always go mm. how do I figure out a deal to make sure this happens right because it's like, yeah, I totally get that. You're probably right. And yeah, just on that, um, it was sad news. I was actually, I, I was confused why I was seeing Kevin Conroy's image pop up all over the place. Because it wasn't framed as like that he passed away, but yeah, he passed away at the age of 66, which feels very young these days. I don't know. I feel oh, like, you know. Super young. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's such a massive loss. Um, and, you know, he was the iconic Batman voice for, you know, the animated series, a bunch of the video games, a whole yeah, lot Arkham. of the animated movies and yeah such a shame man and he's still going strong like I've been watching some of the newer movies that have come out in the last few years mm. which he's voiced and to me like Batman the animated series so the one that came out in the 90s early 90s that show is way too good for what mm. the like where it was getting released who was funding it how much money they had it is like it is honestly one of the best TV shows of all time it's, it's so fucking good might be the best Warner Brothers produced show I think so, yeah, like, it'd be right up there, man. Yeah, it'd be right so. up there. And still probably my favourite, like, adaptation consistently across the board. It's so good, man. So, yeah, uh, Vale, uh, Kevin Conroy, it's a bit of sad news. All right, well, we are moving on to the final segment, which we're pre- going to predict the nominees for the Game Awards 2022 Game of the Year. So we've talked a lot about this throughout the... Uh, the months, uh, especially considering it relates to one of your resolutions. Into mm, it does. Um, it does indeed. And we thought we'd take a stab like we did last year. Um, the actual nominees are getting announced um, in like two days' time, like or a day and a half or something like that. Tuesday morning for us. Yeah. So we just just got in there to basically say what we think those top six games are going to be, and it's not the easiest year compared to you know previous years. But we will start off with Mike because he couldn't make the show. But he did give us his six nominees. He actually gave me seven games, and and I told him one of them, which was Deathloop, was actually last year, and nominated last year. And he goes, okay, cut that one. I'm like, well, he conveniently had six. So I don't know if that was a joke, because I didn't ask him to replace it. He already had six left over. So um, he's got some interesting picks. Um, I mean, they're all good games, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll start to run through these. So Mike has chosen Elden Ring as a nominee God of War Ragnarok as a nominee Horizon Forbidden West 
Return to Monkey Island, which is uh, that's that's an interesting choice. That's yeah, an interesting about that choice. Yeah, I yeah. talked that earlier. It's a great game, but interesting. Um, I'll skip the next one. I'll come to it last. Uh, Norco, one of my favorite games of the year, but very interesting to choose it um, as a game of the year nominee. Can, can you see the B roll, Sweeney? <laughs> yes. I not Norco very critically claimed, but yeah, to, like we're talking the amount of people that have possibly also played look, this game. Look at this. 24 yes. 24 yes. critic reviews that is not that's zero percent chance of getting on this list but the, go on go on for the most interesting <laughs> choice and i don't want to have a mike's obviously not here right yeah, let, I, no, let's i give you permission to slag him no off. but i'm saying yes look at this I look at this do question and he did mention himself i do question portal companion collection the validity of that as a nominee for game of the year considering it is uh, a port of two a collection of two games that have been out for a long time so and this is what I'm saying, that this dude has literally just looked at, like, Open Critic or Metacritic and gone, oh, what's some of the top games? Uh, you know, Alan Ring, yeah, Ragnarok, uh, you know, Norco, oh, yeah, Compact Portal's up there, right? And then just, like, added him <laughs> Return of Monkey Island. I Seriously, wish, dude. I wish Mike was here, so we get, well, hopefully he's here next week so we this, can uh, actually kind of, like, this question just, why he chose a port. This makes no, no. This is almost like he's trolling me, because I'm still pissed that in twenty in our you know, what was the fucking thing called? It was uh, best. Of, what what do we call that segment? The big Shit, year I'm in like, awards. Big, our, our no, 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 not that. When we would go back and look at other years, like twenty eleven. Oh, game of some it. other game of some game of some other year. year. Yeah. Ghost yeah. story. I was just I was just thinking ghost story, but I couldn't remember what it was stood for. Um. That I'm still pissed that Portal 2 is not in our 2011, right? The fact that he's put this in <laughs> for this year, which makes zero sense, zero fucking sense. They didn't add anything to this. Like, it, you could only argue this if they've added stuff significantly, I think, right? To Portal. There's, and like, I don't know, update the engine for the original Portal game and all this other stuff. And you go, okay, maybe on some bizarre universe. This has only been released on this platform, Switch. There's this is bullshit, a, man. He's picked this from the fucking list, I'm telling you. There's actually a lot of re-releases or, like, upgraded re-releases that are in the top list of Metacritic. You know, you've got your... Yeah, 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 obviously, yeah, exactly. Persona 5 Royal just got no, added to sure. a bunch of stuff. But Stanley Parable... Count. Stanley Parable has much more validity with the new content they add to the portal. Oh, yeah, so. I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, anyway, That's what I'm anyway. telling you. That's what he's done. He's, like, just looked at this list and going, oh... You know, portals up there, so I'm gonna add it in. It's the stupidest thing you've yeah. ever seen. I, I would love for Mike to somehow get the most. I would just love it because it would just be the most bizarre. It's world. impossible <laughs> because he's already lost on Portal. Portal will not be. <laughs> that would be, dude. If so, the way that the voting works is they've got like a hundred outlets. They have to submit unranked, right? What is their like top five? This is the interesting thing. Game of the Year for them is top five, hmm. right? So that actually, to me, made it like, oh, okay, I can understand why these niche games get excluded because if, if you know how we've done six games, if you only asked to do five, you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm probably going to have to drop one of the more edgier ones, right? But hmm. every outlet's doing that. So how the fuck is <laughs> enough outlets saying top five Portal, <laughs> hear me out now. Hear me out. <laughs> I reckon Portal Companion Collection 
on the Switch should be the game of the year for our outlet. It's the dopiest shit. It's the most Mike thing ever. It's so fucking dopey. It's like he doesn't really believe it, surely. <laughs> well, so, that, yeah, so it's, that, those... it's, it's Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Return to Monkey Island, Portal Companion Collection, and Norco. That's his list. Yes, it is. Uh, Indigot, would you like to share your six well, predictions? I don't know how you want to handle this, sweetie, but do we want to? Do we want to read out our? Pred- do you want to read along my predictions and your predictions? Let's go. Let's go. For okay. First game. Okay. El- Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Uh, God of War Ragnarok. God of War Ragnarok. Horizon Forbidden West. Horizon Forbidden West. Stray. Stray. Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Tunic. So we both independently came up with the exact same six games. I, I wish I, I had a notepad thing that I opened that I typed in. I wish I'd saved that file so I could show you like the time that I saved it. It was like would have been like eleven a.m. this morning or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And during the day, you added yours in, and I saw them, so I shared. I'm like, wait, like mine was in a different order, but it's the same six we nominated. This, which is crazy because there's so many that you could. There's like you could swap one or two with another oh, game. Oh yeah, easy. There's easy. so many possible combinations. So look, I'm I'm happy to. I've already got one in mind. If you if you think. No no, keep it keep it. It is what it, it is. But then but then not like, do you, like just for the sake of there could possibly be an actual winner. No no, but I, I don't think it makes. I don't. <laughs> I'm just saying. Say like, I'm competitive. Jesus no, Christ. I'm not. I'm not tied. For instance, El, Xenoblade Chronicles Three. I'm not. 100% tied to that one. I'm happy to swap into a game. I wasn't tied to it either, dude. I wasn't tied to it either. I had another game. I was flicking back and forth. So It'd how be so about funny I, if you were How about like, I swap one out? How about I swap one out? You don't have to swap it out. I'll, I'll swap can I, can one I show out this image or is there something that I can't show on this image? Well, Doesn't, well, I don't, I don't the know screenshot that you sent me. No, you can send it. I don't it's see. Fine. It looks like there's nothing in there that's dodgy. No, nah, it should be fine. So this is what you sent me. I thought it was so funny. I was like, fuck off. Because I already put it in. I didn't look at anything that you had. And you'd obviously written in a notepad and then checked it and gone, oh, shit. You can even Ra- see it's a different order as well. On some I even them. had God of all Ragnarok at the end because I was going to, like, play, do a stupid bit where you didn't think I'd actually yeah, said God of all Ragnarok. Gonna, you want to win. Yeah, but no, but it was a bit, right? Yeah, so sure, that's why I had it last. Sure. But I don't believe I'm your like, bits anymore. I, of course, yeah, that's not like I'm doing world class comedy here. Um, so, look, I, I I'm so going to swap one. I'll swap one, right? No, you can't swap it. It's locked in now. Oh, don't you want a bit more fun? <laughs> no, possibly. I don't want more. any fun. Wow. Now wow. I'm going to be no, because I'll be pissed if if I win by you swapping. <laughs> it's a hollow victory. If you win, I'll be pissed because you didn't actually pick that. So no, you're not switching. Okay. okay. Let's handle it different. No, no, no. I got a better idea than what you've got. I've got a better idea. We both pick an extra game. Okay. Now, if that game wins, then kind of we've got the deal break, you know, the tiebreak. See, that's a better idea, is it not? Well, I was more the situation if we get all six right. (laughs) (laughs) No, All right. Well, if we both get all six right, there's only one perfect answer, right? right? Do you you want me to say my extra game then? Uh, Who wants to go first? I'll go. I fucking swear to God, if you pick the same game as me. Alright, I'll get it in my head. I'll get it in my head. I was going to say Neon White. Okay, cool. I was going to say Bayonetta 3. Okay. Alright, okay. so that's to swap out Xenoblade Chronicles 3. That's what I was going to swap. Yeah, 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 I was going to yeah. swap the same. Alright, yeah. cool. Alright, Bayo 3, and then yours, 
Neon White. Neon White is crazy because that's three indie games, which is insane. But that's it's why that I didn't go year, with it. That's know? why I didn't. Go I know. With it, I know. Though. I know. I know. I thought a lot about this actually, <laughs> and then I also thought about the fact that it's five games, and I'm like, oh fuck, man. I feel like that is five games. It's guaranteed to be Stray, one of them. Because the fucking idiots will be in a room together. Oh, no, Stray. And I also checked who was nominating. And then I went back to see what their reviews of Stray were. And it was like five stars, all of them. Like five out of five. I was like, fuck, man. And they're like yeah. breaking new ground with games and all this shit. I'm like, how's it breaking new grounds? It's like a cat, cat game. <laughs> like, it's a really decent game. It's not like, there's nothing more to it, right? Screw Alley Cat. This is the first game ever that you play as a normal cat <laughs> oh man but yeah uh, that's really funny actually right, I'm, not, well, I'm not very strong on the Bayo 3 thing but I, I don't know i got a seeking thing Neon White I just don't think it's got enough buzz that's the only reason why I was like uh, not going for it look I, I didn't have it in my 6 so as yeah. in like I swapped, swapped it in but th- I think the reason being is I just heard so many people talking about it at the time so I have a feeling it's probably might be the 4th or 5th game on a lot of people's yeah. lists you know, so um, I think if it was the six, if they had to nominate six, I'd be more inclined to think Neon White's gonna like be there because I could imagine mm. it being the sixth game for a lot of places. Mm. But it, like, also by the way, Horizon is so lucky to be out in this year. I think like that's gonna be one of the weaker ones that, to me, really did sneak through. Like, if you had more big mainstream, like if you had a Mario game come out this year, it would have been in the the six for sure you know what game I considered but then I thought better of it Kirby no not Kirby Uh. Gran Turismo 7 nah no chance purely based on no chance um, the fact that it it got reviewed by so many people and had a generally high score that's the only reason and I'm like I don't think it will but I'd considered it which I never would have thought of before so I think Horizon Forza Horizon 5 would have been a chance this year. I think it would have been like maybe the only time ever that a game, like, sorry, a racing game could have been in the mm. game of the year. You know why? Like, I thought about that as well. So I shouldn't just say, nah, no chance. Because I did think about it as well. The reason is, because I do listen to a fair few podcasts, people have actually turned on that game because of the economy. Mm. So it would have been discussed in the room. It would have been like, because it's an editorial decision. Like, the whole place has to agree. Someone would have been like, fuck that game. That's got a shit economy. That's bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and they would yeah, have just yeah. turfed it. There was another game that I had where I'm just like quickly checking. There was one other one I was like, oh, what was it? I'm just trying to flip. Well, I mean, Rogue Legacy, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, it's. By the way, Mike has definitely, definitely, definitely gone through the Metacritic 2022 <laughs> list because Death Loops on here. That's why, you know, dude, he's definitely done that. 100% he's done that. Fuck. Oh, the other one, sorry, was uh, Shredder's Revenge. I feel like that's... Yeah. That wouldn't shock me if that's in there. You know what game will shock me? And I'll fucking... I'll actually be pissed if this game is in the list. Last of Us Part 1. Mm. Could happen. Could happen. But that would piss me off if it does. It could. I also considered Cult of the Lamb. Yeah, I had that on the list as well. Yeah, but it's weird. It says Metacritic's only got eight reviews. It's really weird. Maybe that's the oh, it's the PS5 version I'm looking at. So. Yeah, no. If you check the PC yeah. and the Switch, yeah, it's got yeah. a lot more. So I did actually have that, and maybe that's actually because that had more buzz than Neon White. So um, 
it's all more, also more recent. But yeah. I, like, I just, I'm kind of like off the indie games because going through the list of who's actually submitting, hmm. like some of these outlets do like thirty game reviews a year. Hmm. <laughs> it's like LA Times is one of the, LA Times and I, IGN are both like submitters. Like, LA Times? What the hell? Who's going to be ju- judging at the LA Times? Like, what the fuck? That's so weird. I have no idea. I, do you happen to know, how are the other nominees selected? Are they just the Game Awards committee does that stuff? Oh, so, yeah, I've read through all the rules. <laughs> That's why... I'm talking, like, best RPG or best, you know, of, like the other... So, all, all the, the categories, others. apart yeah. from esports and accessibility, right? Esports and accessibility, they've got different panels... For all the other categories, racing game, RPG, blah, 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 every single category, at least according to the website, they are asked to give a top five, sorry, five, but not in any order, which I thought was really weird. So it still comes from the outlets, does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, yeah. But this is the other part that I'm not really understanding, because I'm like, well, wait a second, is it just like whoever gets the most votes to come in wins, or well, how does the tabulation win? Well, uh, work, yeah, you know? it's like the reason being is okay. A smaller game like Norco, right? That is well acclaimed, but is a smaller game. I'm like looking at that. Okay, what what chance could that possibly be nominated for best writing, for instance? Right? Because we have games that are indie games that get nominated and stuff, but I'm like, that's a game that not many people talked about, but obviously reviewed well and is known for its writing. But I'm like. So, yeah, it's interesting. We'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. Mm. I mean, honestly, this shit means nothing, but it's just fun to predict, you know. Oh, I know. Like, exactly. It's it's very fun. It's very stupid, but very fun. And, it does, and I guess it doesn't mean nothing to the developers and people receiving the awards, you know. Like, I don't want to take that away. It does mean stuff to people. But mm. cool. Yeah, because, like, just quickly, because I'm just triple-checking this to make sure I'm not getting, like, the facts wrong, because I'd hate to do that. Um, it, it is, like, what I was saying. It's... Can you see this at all? It's maybe a bit too small. Uh, I can. I can, yeah. So it actually has... Um, yeah, like, this is really weird. So how the nominees selected. So it goes, each voting outlet completes a confidential unranked ballot based on the collective and diverse opinion of the entire editorial staff listing out its top five choices in each category. Mm-hmm. Ballots are tabulated and the five games that appear on the most ballots are put forth as nominees... In the event of a tie, six or more nominees will be announced in a category. I do think this is really weird that it doesn't say the, the game award, like the, the game of the year is six. Because surely it couldn't just be the last however many years they've had ties, right? That doesn't sound right. No, I, I mean, like the, the Oscar does different stuff. Like they have different amounts of nominees for different categories, don't they? Like they used uh, to have yeah, more motion pictures. Ten for yeah. the 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 Oscar for best film is now I think ten. Nominees. Man, I could not tell you any Oscar winner from like the last six years. I, I can. Swear. Will Smith. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Now, uh, can I just say how stupid this is though? This the way they've written this. How are winners selected? Winners are determined by a blended vote between the voting jury and the public fan voting, right? Yeah, I knew that. But when, like, when does it say that? How how do you? It doesn't actually say when they vote the jury. Does it go back I mean, to them and say, "Oh, these are the nominees, so you have to vote"? I guess that's how it would work, right? 
Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure it's just a jury of the game awards. Mm. People that might have representatives from major outlets on there, but um, but yeah. And this is what I was also stating that the games eligible for the game of game awards this year must be available for public consumption on or before Friday, November 18, 2022, right? Hmm. Now they're going to announce <laughs> what the games are next week at the start of the week. So then I, they won't count <laughs> like any other games. I wonder if, you know, it's not that common these days, but you know how sometimes games have um, a staggered release depending on region? Maybe that's why? I don't know. I don't know. I think most games are in before, like, December, right? So, something like Callisto Protocol would be interesting. If that's, like, somehow, like, a major hit, that would have to be considered for next year's Game Awards, which will feel very weird, because it's like, wait, did that come out? Like, when the fuck did that game come out? So, Hmm. like, technically, Halo Infinite would be this year. But I don't don't have any buzz around that, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to predicting other categories. So I think... Well, we're going to predict getting, every category this year. Yeah, I think we're yeah. getting the nominees for everything. Yeah, I don't week, see a reason week. why wouldn't Yeah, we? yeah. So I guess um, we don't have to do it next week, but um, as long as we obviously do the predictions before the show, but we'll we'll come up with... Um, well, we're doing them all, aren't we? So we don't yeah, and I'm going to... Yeah, I'll be taking the day off that day, so I'll be streaming that. You're gonna be, are cool. you going to be watching it as well? Or? I'm sure I will. Um... I don't think I have it officially booked out, but I will attempt to do so. You better be there, or else I'll just slag you like I've been slagging Mike off on the whole show. <laughs> Poor Mike. All right, well, cool. thanks, everyone. Um, it's a, yeah, a bit of a beefy show. It's a very beefy story and the whole Mick Gordon stuff, but I think you need to kind of like really cover mm, that stuff for a bit of context. But, um, yeah, so uh, next week, I guess, look... Um, Hopefully Mike's back on the show because I'd like to actually talk about Ghost Song. You know, I couldn't talk about it last week because I was waiting for him. So um, was he not on the show last week as well? No, no, he missed last week. So oh, go, did he? Oh, yeah, sure. that's why I kind of wait. Oh, yeah, there's, that's right, yeah. there's cool stuff to talk about Ghost Song, but I'm like, well, Mike's going to talk about it. So yeah. um, cool. Um, and anything from you next week, or is it a? It's... I don't know what's coming up. I don't think so. I don't think I've got many other games coming that I'm buying <laughs> I've got a lot of games that are already in my backlog maybe, maybe you'll get back backlog. to Mario and Rabbids or something I don't know depending on how well, you've got well now I'm almost debating go. to play uh, Last of Us now that you've played it because then then if I play it we could all talk about it cool after cool. like what 11 years since it's come out or whatever <laughs> cool awesome that's it for me Alright, thanks everyone for joining this Tandy Tangent related episode and uh, I am not going to hold my hand up unlike last week which we cut out I'm not going to mention it Don't mention it. I am going to Don't mention it Alright, thanks everyone for joining Alright, bye bye See ya